and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts, Greg, Mike, and Shaft. Welcome, Shaft, to the show. Howdy, yes. Chris and I were talking a few minutes ago. That's be Chris from the Big D, the Traveler, Single Writer Podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Blah, um, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. We were talking about that show that we did, the roundtable with um, that Johnson as the wine and the really bad nuts and <laughs> glasses and all that. Yes. The, where Richard pronounced himself as Shaft. Because of his, um, well, no, that was the name that you decided riding to give up me. And down. I was, well, like, I was you're talking about riding the, up and down uh, Tower of Terror over at Disney. Yes, you, and you, you like seem to, to have this uh, predilection to just. <clears throat> I just admire the one that they have and and, far more than the I admire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But moving on, anyways, we were talking how it'd be great just to do that again. So that was a ton uh, of fun. We, yeah, we got to do something. Uh, maybe we could take advantage of my hosted meet Podfest West and turn the mic on and try to do something. Well, let's see how many people show up. The meet I'm having at uh, West Fest called Podfest West. When did that come about? Uh, it's been on the menu or the schedule for funny quite a while. How, funny how there was no post on the boards about this. It was just kind of like snuck in there and hope you find it. No, there's a whole schedule that's yes, everybody but, but knows there's about. no announcement that the schedule's changing, and there's no announcement. Hey, go it, look. It, you know what? The schedule hasn't changed in two months. Oh, Podfest West hasn't been on there that long. Yeah, yeah, it has. I did drop a meet though. The oh. uh, the imagine was it? No, at the Main Street Cinemas, uh, during a movie meet has been dropped. But short of that, nothing's really changed. We've we've. Updated titles when people have said that's not what I wanted to call it. Actually, there is a really good one. Richard didn't think it was as funny as I did, but the guys from the Park Hoppin podcast they did a vidvitation, which is on the DPN West Fest site now, inviting you to their park park dropping party at the Tower of Terror, and they did a video invitation, which I think is pretty, pretty clever. Cool. Yeah, so check that out, everybody. Anyways, the show tonight. It's going to be kind of a uh, uh, Busters catch-up show, not as the condiment, but as catching up with everything we've been ignoring for a while. So quickly, we'll get into the very short one, and then we've got a big, long, wordy, uh, somebody had way too much time in their hands email, and we'll get to that one in a second. First one is from our old friend Josh. And, uh, Josh. So, first, first couple that we have here, I guess. Oh, we're, we're just... Well, Josh has sent us a few, but this is a good one, and Richard actually did a little research. So, Contrary uh, to the rules of the show, yes. Well, but not, well, but but not, not contrary, contrary to Mousebusters. Well, that's yeah, true. Exactly. Mousebusters, we will actually look up and find out what the truth is. Okay, so I heard at one time they used skeletons of real people on pirates at Disneyland. Is that true? If so, do you know if people reacted negatively to it? When did they replace the real skeletons with fake ones? Josh, sent from an iPhone, la-di-da. Uh, <laughs> listener, uh, just kidding, Josh. I love my iPhone. Uh, so, Richard, you were the one. I was going to ne- uh, instantly say, I don't think so. You've done some research, and you want to say this is partially true. It's, par- it's partially true. Um, and you might remember when we were touring – WDI many moons ago. Might I? Wed back in those days. Um, they did mention that the skeletons, of course, are the f- skeletons and the pirates are fake. They're man made. 
but they did take the bones from real medical cadaver bones and make molds off of those to make the bones that are hanging up inside the pirates. So they might truly be scallywags because they most likely were uh, inmates and people who donated their body to science and people who are not scallywags usually probably don't do that, right? Donate their body to science and end up on a ride. (laughs) But it gets even a little eerier than that because at one point... We should be playing some eerie music. I got nothing queued up. You got nothing queued up? Jeez. Not, not eerie, anyway. Um, because at one point, I, I was told, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, works over it with uh, show enhancement, and she's actually been one that's been around longer than I have. At one point, we actually did have real skeletons in the Pirates of the Caribbean over at Disneyland. And as bizarre as that might sound, it wasn't that unusual, because when you were using uh, skeletons in fun houses, whether it's Disneyland or any amusement park or carnival, they tended to be the real deal. They were like cadaver skeletons that you would find in your schools that would be hanging up, but that were extras that were just sold off to be put into these type of places. But but how long have, uh, has your skeleton hang that's been hanging up in your classroom been not plastic but or or not you know they've they've been not real bones but cast facsimiles thereof i don't know i've never dealt with one myself personally but all right well you know i seem to remember the ones in my school were always fake okay there, but there was there was a uh, another one. I'm trying to look it up real quick here. Um, there was a there was a very fa- famous or infamous story of. Let me see. Bring back a gentleman by the name of Elmer McGurdy, McCurdy, uh, who was a bandit back in the uh, old days, long ago, and he was killed in a gunfight. And he ended up being uh, almost mummified, and his his mummified body, his mummified remains, were passed from carnival sideshow to carnival sideshow to carnival sideshow. Well, he ended up being at a park locally here in Long Beach, the, what called the Long Beach Pike. And everybody at the point at that part, by the time he was reaching here, thought he was just a fake. Until one day, they were filming a television show in there, and lo and behold, they bumped into it. They broke the arm off and found it was a very real arm with real bones sticking in it, only to find that it was a uh, a Uh, real partially mummified cadaver of some mummified cadaver that was in the Long Beach Pike. So you know, it's it's not without precedent. And I was told that yeah, Disneyland used um, real skeletons. Just like the type of stuff that you would find in the uh, sideshow stuff, and then um, <laughs> you're watching Greg type, aren't you? You can't well, focus. I, I'm, getting these, I'm, getting these, I'm getting these little sound effects are popping up my while I'm talking. No, it's hard as I'm getting a little poop poop going through my here my headphones here. No, um, the uh, hey, wake me up when your story's done, okay? Because I've already lost interest. All right. 
But anyways, no, there are no real skeletons now, but that's where they came from. So there you are. I'm, I'm sorry, where did they get they Okay, cadavers, they used them, and then later they cast off of them when they decided to not have the real ones in the run. Exactly, exactly. And, and the reason was? Uh, um, there actually became a law, and I have tried to look up. I've been trying to research on it. There was a law that you could not use cadavers for anything for funhouse or show you know, sideshows or anything, you had to use fake or man-made stuff. Cadavers could be used for educational purposes, but cannot be used for amusement purposes. And that took place right around about 70, 71, 72. So I have yet to be able to find the law, but that's what I was told. Sounds like a job for snoops. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds like a load of garbage to me, but you know what? It's your research, so it's your reputation <laughs> on the line. Uh, but I'll, I'll buy that for now because I don't know any better. What about you, Mike? Any any clue? Yeah, none. None. <laughs> you have no clue, huh? That's uh, right. All right. Well, let's move on then I've to been, our I've been next... uh, trying to find some. Uh... See, I really wasn't kind of paying attention, right? Yeah. For, yeah. I, I'm not sure how many people actually were. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, All right, moving on to the next one. This is from our old friend, Darth Vader. Uh, And like I said, and I will always say, we reach far, far beyond the galaxy. Did you hear that? No. Did you hear that Peter Gunn, a little bit of Peter Gunn there? I did not. Oh, okay. Should work these things out off air. No, no, I'm, I'm just monkeying around trying to find a way to... Yeah, see, when I said Darth Vader, you should have had Star Wars queued up real quick with the, the I don't Empire. Have, see, I don't have it on this device. Oh, jeez. Okay, moving on. Uh, okay, well, hola okay. there, guys. And the pole man <laughs> also. Oh, shaft. Yeah. Oh, that's, 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 that's low. That's low. Uh, that's, that pole is, man. Pole that is funny. Man. There's a whole other way to, to view Richard now is the pole man. That's low. <laughs> Nice. Uh, uh, it's nice to hear from you all back, or nice to hear you all back together. I think that you should pay, play Billy Squire's Stroke Man oh. <laughs> as Richard's theme music. Uh. <laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> I'm, liking, funny. I'm liking this guy already. He better show up to West Fest. This is great. Okay. In regards to your show questions about Mice Busters and Urban Ledges. I'm sure he meant legends. Oh, that's. <laughs> I'm not going to correct spelling while I'm reading. Okay. Hey, Just... I found it. You found, found what? what? 1968, the Uniform Anatomy Gift Act. That's what changed it. Oh, cool. See? What does the Uniform Gift Act actually say? Uh, the Uniformity Gift Act. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What year was that again? 1968. And what year. <laughs> Did Pirates open? 67. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going here. Okay. Anyways, I'm sorry. Okay, but how long you would know, it take? How long would it take for, uh, you know, some bit of legislation to work through where they actually had to pull the Well, I, I'm still waiting to hear what the... Out of yeah, the I know. I'm actually waiting to hear what the thing says. I've, all I've heard is there's a gift act, but not... Yeah, it, All right, can you read it, Richard, real quick? Read it real quick. 
Other states followed suit. By the beginning of the 20th century, cadavers were supplied almost exclusively from unclaimed bodies. This remained true until 1968 when the adoption of the Uniform Anatomy Gift Act by all 50 states replaced the patchwork of legislation and ensured the right of a donor to bequeath his or her own body to medical science and education. Subsequently, the proportion of cadavers from unclaimed sources goes on and on, blah, blah. Uh, the spirit of volunteerism respects uh, basically to keep it from being desecrated but still being allowed to be used for uh, medical science. Okay, so absolutely nothing in there saying they couldn't use it in parts of the Caribbean or any other sideshow. But okay, a little thing about desecration, but I'm not sure if that's really desecrating in my book. All right, back to the email from Darth Vader. All right. Hola there, guys, and pole man. <laughs> it's nice we to hear you holes. all back together. I think you should play Billy Squire's Stroke Man as Richard's theme music. Well, I don't want to break up the, the whole you know, the power behind this email, the, to chop it up would be just yeah. Yeah. In regards to your show about mice busters and urban ledges, the story area of, of Star Traders is haunted. Stock items are moved, and there are bloody handprints that also appear. Now, we have talked about that before, about it being haunted. I don't know anything about the bloody handprints. Never or heard stock- of the bloody handprints. Now, have you heard about the stock items being moved? I've just heard that I, it's the Erie Shaft area, which you know explains why you like that area. But no, I, I have been told by those that have had firsthand experience that they have had shadows in that. In it's up in the upper level of the storeroom there, shadows in that area, and supposedly uh, one or two people have said that they have actually had things fallen or, as they put it thrown off the shelves up in that stock room. And they're absolutely so, sure the lights on the ceiling did not cast their own shadows that they were really looking at their own. That's that's what they tell me. Um, I have this vision of that movie Rewind as they're trying to recreate Ghostbusters going on up yeah, there. Um, but we yeah. did almost a whole show to this. Yeah, so the we're going to say, we'll, we'll give it a little credit of there is something spooky going on there. We know nothing about bloody handprints. Correct? Yeah, that's I've never heard of anything. Okay, about moving on. Uh, number two, the hearse in front of the mansion is the same one that was used in Brigham Young's funeral. Now, we've also talked about this, but I believe Shaft, or I'm sorry, Pullman, Pullman. <laughs> no, 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 no. has no, done a nice. little <laughs> bit more research. In fact, he and I exchanged, exchanged friendly jabs over the possibility that it's true yet not being true. So, Richard, tell us what you found out about this hearse that's in front of the mansion. The hearse that's in front of the mansion. The hearse that's in front of the mansion was originally bought for the Indiana Jones attraction. Now, uh, why the would a theater. hearse? Oh, the stunt theater. Okay. The stunt theater. Now, um, our stunt theater. Make sure that's clear because there is another stunt theater. I want to make sure that people well, know we to build one here, right? Yeah, there, there was going to be the young Indiana Jones stunt theater. Now, the question is, is the same Imagineer did the uh, bought the props for both Indiana okay. Jones stunt theaters, and his name was Bob Baranak. And the it could have been for Florida, but the thought that it was supposed to be young Indiana Jones stunt theater and that young Indiana Jones grew up in Utah – this would be a prop that came from Utah. Now, actually, that is where he bought it. He bought it from a cemetery in Utah. He had the paperwork and everything, and it showed that this thing was actually an antique. It dated back over 100, about 150 years old. He bought it from the cemetery 
where um, Brigham Young was buried in Utah. So the story that went with it was since you have you didn't have multiple funeral companies, usually you had the one funeral director that worked that cemetery that would bring it in, that this was the hearse that brought Brigham Young into the cemetery. Well, the Young Indiana Jones Stunt Theater, of course, never you know came to the light of day at Disneyland, and it just sort of sat in storage. And he uh, made an approach to the... Uh, uh, Mormon Church in Salt Lake City, offering to sell it to them at his cost uh, as possibly a uh, just a historical item to him, and they said they weren't interested. You know that because of the significance with Brigham Young, and the church said they weren't interested in it because Brigham Young was not carried in a hearse. He was actually uh, carried by hand to. His final resting place. It was a big ceremony where he was brought, you know, big procession where he was carried by hand down there, never used in the uh, hearst. But the question still is, is that when Brigham Young passed away, he was still uh, transported from his home where he passed away to where he was prepared and then finally to uh, the church where he laid in state. Or actually, I think it was actually the Capitol building he laid in state for a short period. The possibility is he might have been transported to those places by the Hearst, but officially, from the from the uh, Mormon Church, he was hand carried in the procession. Hearst was never used, but it was bought from the cemetery that he was buried at. Okay, so and like, and this is where I would uh, potentially agree with you. There's a possibility that he was transported in it, but it was not part of his funeral procession, which is the story that goes along with it. Correct. So, in the end, since it was not part of the official funeral ceremony, there's nothing documented that states he actually was in the uh, first. That's the stroke by Billy, by Billy Squire. Now, are you playing this through your new gizmo, or was that just turned up on your? No, that was machine? coming off my my phone because. Oh, thank God, because that really sounded horrible. Sound like that better not be your new equipment. No, no, that was coming off the phone. <laughs> I don't have. I had to. I went to YouTube on the phone to unplug the phone into the. Because I don't want to take up cycles on the machine that's actually you know recording these sounds as we talk. You know. Oh. Okay. I'll have, okay. a, I'll have a better for next time. Thank, okay. I, I hope so. It'd be nice to have some things kind of uh, queued up. You know what's funny is uh, Snoops looks like they actually have something here. Is it Snoops or Snopes? I've heard people say it different way. Snope. Well, use your English. Uh, why would I want to do S-N-O-P-E. that? S-N-O-P-E. Magic E, right? E yeah. at the end makes a, the, the vowel before it long, so Snope. It's a good thing I don't teach grammar at my night job. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> uh, Snopes. Okay, Snopes. Snopes. Snopes does have a thing, and they're calling it uh, absolutely false. Um, and I don't want to go into all of the details, but you know they they also have it as false. And actually, they get into a thing about the uh, the plane for the Casablanca scene. Oh yeah, also. we've all oh, yeah because yeah, we've yeah, which we went over uh, many many times. Um, you know, it was funny when I was uh, talking, getting 
some of the information on uh, uh, the Hearst, and I was talking to a friend of mine that uh, knew Bob Bar or should say knows Bob Baranek. I was telling her about the story about the plane. That was the first she ever heard of it because she was still hearing this the story that was coming from Wed that that was the plane that was used in Casablanca. It's like no, no, no. Here's the real story behind it, and uh, she found that fascinating. Yeah, been there, done that, oh, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. Is between that and the uh, the Matterhorn bullcrap? That, that stupid story keeps getting more and more friggin' legs. You it know, does. In fact, I saw something just connected. I think with the D twenty three thing saying, um, oh, no. Or was it D23 or the magazine? Somewhere this came up again where I thought it came from Disney saying it was a regulation half court. Well, okay. No. And I don't want to get into this because it's not the show. But to be regulation half court, because there are tournaments and stuff, half court tournaments, you would have to have a lot of things in place. It's a freaking, or I should say fracking. It's a fracking backboard with some tape on the ground for the, you know, the key and all that for guys to throw the the ball around, play horse, whatever. Uh, I don't even think there's enough vertical clearance now. And Richard's saying it was moved a little bit after. Yeah, yeah, it was moved off to the side now, and you barely have room for just the key in there because the uh, new equipment that's used for the uh, Tinkerbell flight takes up a vast. You remember when you were up there, you had that whole area that was part of the mechanics that went down into uh, the Skyway uh, support yes. structure right there. Okay, picture that entire section of floor is now covered with all the mach- all this machinery that goes up through the top, and that's for Tinkerbell now. It, it, it just takes up so much room in there that, yeah, there's barely room for a key on the basketball court. But the, the backboard is still up there. In fact, right, I sent so you a picture of that one time a little while back. Yeah, and it looks nothing like it did before. But I, you know, I'm hoping with all of this supposed um, transparency that Disney has announced with D23 and other things to show people behind the scenes, blah blah blah, that that will come up and some finally they will go up there and say, "Here's our basketball court," and this is it. It's not regulation. It's, it's not, not regulation. It's not it's required not, to be here, so the thing can be built. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's far far from regulation. Even at its best, yeah, no, it was strictly put up there just because the mountain climbers wanted something to do while they were taking breaks up there. Richard, I, I from a little research here while we're talking, I don't believe Brigham Young was in state at uh, the Capitol, but, you know, well, uh, <clears throat> you can look through that if you want. But all right, moving on. Uh, the wheelchair next to the ballroom before the attic in the Haunted Mansion is a tribute to a person, a lady, whom died on the ride. Well, Never heard both, of that. Both, well, have you seen the wheelchair? Uh, I do not directly recall the wheelchair. Okay, the wheelchair would be a little difficult to see unless you're going out of your way to see what's behind you as you're viewing the um, dining room scene. There is a door behind you for exiting service, whatever. It's a pretty, actually, that hallway right there, you're enjoying the festivities of the dance and the shooting uh, portraits and all that. That hallway behind you is pretty good size. There's a lot of room behind those cars right there. Okay. You could 
easily walk behind it. In fact, there was a time when they used to actually place a cast member there. Before they had cameras in this attraction, cast members were placed in key points where you're always turned away from them so they could kind of keep an eye on things. Uh, now with cameras, they don't have to do that. But when I first started to work there, there were no cameras in that attraction. I was surprised to find out. But anyways, there is a wheelchair there. And there's a good reason for the wheelchair being there, and I'll let Richard explain. Um, the reason the wheelchair is there is not a tribute, but it's part of uh, – uh, not a, I don't think it's a requirement, but it's part of DOSH. It's just there in case we have to uh, evacuate guests out of that section and somebody needs a wheelchair to get out. We have a wheelchair handy, and that's not just on that attraction. It's on it's it's several locations in that particular attraction and other attractions. In this particular case, because as Greg mentioned, there's plenty of room back there, and for the most part, nobody notices it. It just happens to sit right there. So that's all it's there for. It's just to uh, assist guests if we ever have to. Just uh, in case. Just in case. We have to assist guests to uh, get out of the attraction and somebody happens to need a wheelchair. That's all it's there for. And if you really want to look at it, yeah, as you reach the, uh, just before you reach the uh, uh, portraits of the dueling portraits, take a quick look over on the left side. You'll see it tucked in back there. And that's all it's there for. Yeah, I found another article that was saying uh, something about the Brigham Young thing, where they say don't they don't know where the hearse came from. Obviously, you do. You talk to some of the right people, but they do authenticate that it is um, a 19th century hearse. There's, there's a whole article here on how stuff works, how hearses work, and it's just this whole long diatribe on the whole process of a hearse and what it's there for, and you know, blah 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 blah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Let's see. There is an actual ghost host in a cast member costume in the mansion. Uh, now, we were discussing this before we went on air, as I use my air quotes. We're not exactly sure. The way this is worded, it can be taken a couple of different ways. There is a ghost that has been seen in the attraction wearing a cast member costume or... There's a cast member playing the part of the ghost host. Of the ghost host. And the ghost host has always been... Well, one, I've always assumed him to be the one that was hung at first, and because of him being hung, he becomes the ghost host. Uh, I don't know. I, this one kind of confuses me. I'm not really sure what is meant well, by it. Richard? Well, I'll, I'll go on both sides of the coin. If they're talking about a cast <laughs> member that was dressed in a costume. I've heard that, heard that about you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Rumors only. Rumors only. Um if they're going with a cast member that was dressed in a costume as a ghost in there, well, we did have a cast member that was dressed as a knight a couple times in that was in the Haunted Mansion over in Disneyland. You know, Richard, know I'm, how- I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because Disney has denied this. I've seen this in print uh, that Disney denied that they ever had – because a lawsuit came up around uh, something that – I forgot if someone was scared or uh, what the thing was. And Disney denied they ever had that. Now, I can go back to their archives of the Disney Family album with Randy Bright. Uh, rest in peace, please, Randy. Where he actually was in the mansion, showed the night, talked about how they were all trying to change the experience at all, all the time. And this is one way they could by putting a, a real person in a night costume that could stand there in the corner and occasionally move. Not the one you see when you first get on the attraction up to First Hill, but actually a real guy in a knight's costume. So I just find that interesting because I've seen Disney deny this in print 
when in fact yeah. I've seen it, and I've also seen a Disney prominent Disney cast member, Imagineer, on television talking about it and showing video of it. So I'm sorry to cut in, but I just want no, to no, that yeah, I know, and this this goes into the whole thing of several times where we've talked about the the stories have changed, and that was the whole purpose of Mouse Busters. But yeah, I've seen that we've both seen the night. We've all seen the night that was going in there. I heard they also had an incident where uh, the knight was injured or somebody, yeah, did get scared and injured themselves in there, and that's why they stopped doing it. But in any case, if that's what they're asking about, yeah, they did do that for a short while at Disneyland in California. I don't know about Florida. Now, if they're going on the other side of a actual ghost that's in a cast member costume, this is the first I've ever heard of it. I've... I have never heard of any actual real ghost stories that come from the Haunted Mansion. Everything that, that I've ever heard on the Haunted Mansion has always been just the man-made stuff that we have going on in the fun house. Well, um, I have that one story we've told about on Graveyard Shift, but uh, but I think that was a couple cast members getting it on, uh, making the noise. But <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> certain kinds um, of moans are different from the spectral world and the real world, okay? All right, so let's move on. People whom spill or drop ashes in the mansion have caused ghost sightings. Uh, all right, we've, we've, talk, about we've talked that, about, yeah. uh, all three of us talked about how many Well, we talked about people trying to do it on pirates, remember? where? And this, this, is, this was on, I think it was on KFI. I think, uh, I want to say Bill Handel was talking about this the other day. And he, Disney came up also. There are people of all walks of life, not just Disney fans, but all genres that want to spread their loved one's ashes in some way related to what their loved one liked to do, right? Correct. They were skydivers. Let's go out and skydive and, you know, drop his ashes. Uh, he, he was a surfer. Let's go put him out there. Let's go do the big Lebowski and open it up. <laughs> and let the guy behind get a face cover. full of that. <laughs> <laughs> But, but people <laughs> try to do this at Disneyland on more than one occasion. But it is, human remains uh, are considered a hazardous material, are they not? That is true. It yeah, is illegal. In the state of California. It, yeah. it is illegal to spread ashes without uh, prior permission in the state of California. And there are ways, I believe, to do it, but it is technically illegal. Yeah. And, so and it is would considered this, a hazardous material. Yeah. Would this cause a ghost sighting? Well, that depends if you believe in that kind of stuff or not. Can't really confirm or deny because I've never been there when someone uh, tried to do this. Though that well, could have been interesting. I, you know. Well, I, maybe, I will go ahead. I'll Richard. say the uh, same thing. I have never heard of any actual besides your uh, your amorous cast member story. Uh, I have never heard of any actual ghost stories that have come from the haunted mansion. Um, I have dealt with on a number of occasions where somebody has gotten away and they have put ashes in the Haunted Mansion. And I'll tell you, it puts the attraction down for several hours while we actually have a hazardous materi- material cleanup crew come in. High-powered vacuums, yeah. And for anybody that ever wants to think about it, just think of it this way. Grandpa doesn't get to rest in peace. Grandpa gets to be thrown <laughs> on a pile out over at a hazardous waste dump with that's the right. other hazardous waste. So that's where you all know, those the, go to. They have to be the, actually treated as hazardous waste and sent out with the uh, special cleanup crew. You know, that's, waste that, pile. that's one attraction where I think 
and I'm not encouraging this, but I think it would be somewhat easy to get away with it. Uh, not so much maybe in Pirates and some other attractions, but I really think it would be relatively easy. Why to, to, easier to, in Mansion than Pirates? Um, the lighting, the solidarity you have in your, um, or I should say the solitude you have in your little car, uh, the, the quick turns here and there, if you knew the attraction well enough, I believe you could find a few places where you could nonchalantly, you know, Toss take a handful. your... But well, no, take I, your I, Folgers, your Folgers uh, can and dump it, and no one would know. Are you Maybe kidding? Until, Wait until a second. Not- but How before, many- anyone, before anyone <laughs> thinks about trying this, I want to point out that ashes are very dusty, so it will show up as as you, when you come around the corner. It's not like you just dump it out like your wet, your used up coffee grounds. The dust stays with you a little bit. You will spill it in the car. Wait, how many? It is seen. Okay, he's like he's talking illegal. from experience or something no, here. I'm, I'm saying I don't recommend it, but I think you could. You, it's one. You know, if right, you're willing right. to leave the can behind, also, and you just kind of <laughs> the can toss right. it open the a ad. little, little bit, toss it into the yeah. The- <laughs> Actually, Greg, I am talking from experience. I'll tell you, you you do get a hefty fine. And there's always the possibility. Well, when, of, when have you been with someone that did this? No, I haven't been with somebody that's done. So done you don't have firsthand knowledge on this. No, I've had to respond to to people. Okay, I'm responding and doing it is are two different things. I'm saying I think. But you Richard's could get away. saying that he's seen the amount of ash that. Oh, is, uh, you know, granted, it's it's a uh, you've seen an urn and how big an urn is to, it's five, to hold five person. pounds of ashes, is it not, or something like that? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's it's. it's Sizable. I'm going to Google it now. But you know what? I've got a few places <laughs> in my mind that I'm not going to even mention on this podcast where I think you could but I'll, I'll you probably say it's, do it's, it. But. it. In addition to the cost of the cleanup that you'd have to take care of, it, there is a hefty fine, and there's always the possibility of imprisonment with that one, too. Yeah, while we're talking about this, never that's, bury your dog or cat in your backyard because that's illegal also. Moving okay. on. Okay. Uh, uh, and we'll continue on with the mansion theme again here. An accidental death in the mansion's Leota room has caused the sound to be present where no sound should be. A technician could not fix the problem of the sound, so they simply put another speaker in the area to drown out the sound. And again, we just have to say we've never heard these stories. I think they're urban legends or yeah. legends, as uh, Darth Vader said earlier. Uh, we just don't know this story. We can't confirm it because no one's heard it before. There, there, yeah, there's. There, I, this is the first I've ever heard of it. I've never heard of a ghost story. And honestly, I somewhere in my pile of papers I have, and someone made the uh, nice little pa- uh, booklet of Disneyland Death Trap, and it, it went over and documented all the different. Uh, tragic deaths that have taken place yeah you can find that on the web and some of those are bullcrap by the way but to my knowledge and no one has ever died died at the haunted mansion no i died anywhere at disneyland they die in the ambulance on the way to the hospital yeah no no (laughs) i've never heard of a death at the haunted mansion so all right moving on there really is no smell from the bakery on Main Street and the smells are generated by an air freshener type of system we talked about this already yeah, Mike and I talked about this. Oh, uh, well, then uh, then it. that is a, yes, they do pump it out. Yeah, not at the bakery, though. But it's, it's over at the candy shop. But it's manufactured. Yes, yes. And the terrible coffee over at DCA. Uh, horrible, horrible over there at DCA. All right. 
George Lucas, I'm just going by the way the guy's spelling it, is pictured in Star Tours' ending scene in the Control Tower. Uh, that is false. You can find false, yeah. many, many references across the interweb that will tell you the actual name of the actor who is standing there. Though it does look somewhat like George in the quick glance you get to see him, it is not George. All right, cast members in the Mike Fink keelboats would have races as well as try to load the boats with the most people. Then this caused the boats to be unstable and eventually flipped. Well, Richard and I were both there in times when little accidents had happened. You know, to get into the mind of a, a, a sicko cast member, which a lot of us are at times, um, would they probably race? Yes. Did they intentionally overload the boats? That would uh, be Probably not. That would be criminal well, to admit to yeah, that would be criminal to admit. do that. But, but we do know they there was an unstable one, probably a poor, untrained cast member that did tip one over and dump yeah. everybody in the water. Yeah, there it was uh in it was they uh were goofing off with it and accidentally tipped the boat over right there on the backside by uh the uh cove area of the island. And it's not the I mean I we in the time I was there, I, I know of at least one that ran into the old falls area. They'd had a couple accidents. These were not on rails. They were totally guided by the cast member, Skipper, uh, and they were top-heavy. These were movie props. They weren't really yeah. intended to be an attraction. Yeah, that's uh, something to really note there. The ones at Disneyland were the original keelboats that were used in the Davy Crockett movies that were later just modified with the motors on them. Unlike the keelboats that were at Walt Disney World, which are larger and wider boats, thereby being a little more stable. Yeah, though they've taken them but off long, a long time ago, too. Talking to a couple people, um, now they would goof off and have races. I, the same as between the keelboats, the same as the canoe. I, well, actually, I take that back because the keelboats alternated on who was coming. One was leaving dock as another one was coming in. But I think they're kind of the. Uh, Canoes still to this day race each other going across the river at times. Yeah, but that's that's kind of part of the show. I mean, there's been times where you know they're like, "Oh, look, those guys are beating you, you pansies! Come on!" But I have, yeah, I have talked to a couple people that when they were reaching the end of the day on the keelboats and they were trying to get the the queue, the line to go through faster when they already had it blocked off and they wanted to get those last people on, they were known to put a couple extra people on the boats more than what they were supposed to have at times. Yeah, I gotta so say, I was always a little nervous riding on the top of that because they would get that thing leaning pretty good sometimes. Yeah. So, but, no. The, okay, good. Uh, no. Moving on to the next All one. Right, no, hang on. We're going back. Yeah. Oh, why? To which one? Because cremated remains. I've been oh, you, stu- I've been you, studying you, up on cremated remains. Have you now? Yes. Okay. Did you find it a rather dead subject? Yeah, it's dry. Um, Smoke mirrors. Uh, takes two hours to cremate a body in an yeah. oven that reaches approximately two thousand degrees. Yeah. Um, typically, male bodies average six pounds of cremated remains. Females four pounds. Um. After the incineration is completed, the bone fragments are swept out of the, the, the oven. It's called a retort. And the operator uses a pulverizer called a cremulator to process them to what are known as cremated remains, which exhibit the appearance of grains of sand. Um, because So sometimes it gets them down into powder, but it's mostly sand. So sometimes it gets them down into powder, but it's mostly sand. 
So yeah. I would think that the dust is minimal when you dump it out. The thing is that six pounds of sand is a pretty big friggin' pile of sand. Yep. That, that's a big Folgers can. Yeah, yeah. well, that, those are five pound or ten pound cans, right? Five pound cans. So if someone's dumping five pounds of some substance, I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll it's tell gonna you be a, when we're done recording where you could do this. I, I uh, think. And okay. get away. I won't say it because on it's here. a trail, right? The Omnimover is moving as you're dumping sure, this sure. out. But again, look at the environment you're in, and it might take a while before someone. All right. Well, that's that's. What I want to say uh, that was my 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 biggest con- not concern, but wonder how you get get, by, get away with this because it's a lot of freaking material. Yeah, it is. It's not like you, you know, like you saw in <laughs> the Big Lebowski. I mean, where you just you you're just throwing it all over the place, right? You know, this would have to be more of a controlled dump. Um, all right, <laughs> sort of, sort of, <laughs> sort of like my last so, visit to the bathroom. So nice to put it that way. <laughs> all right, moving on. Next all right, question. All right, sorry. Question number ten. One of the Dominguez's is buried on property, as well as the house is still located in the Jungle Cruise. Well, oh. I can instantly tell you that the house is not located Gone. in the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Um, and it was not located in the Jungle Cruise. Whether or not one of the Dominguez's bodies are buried on property. I would I, not be surprised to find out that might be true. I I don't have any information to confirm this, but I do know that Dominguez's home used to be uh, right outside of security behind Space Mountain, and it was tore down, I believe, when the diorama went in no. um, or when they put in the new cast center in there. Right. Because it was part of – it became what? like The, the uh, old administration building, well, they call it, did they not? Yeah. Actually, yeah. actually Greg – Yes, his home was located where the Jungle Cruise is now. It was moved moved over to there. Well, I actually drove Mr. Dominguez once to the airport, and I asked him this question. So, yes, yeah. So, Mr. Dominguez, no, we didn't call him Mister. What guy? What is it? I've lost his first name there. Ron. Ron. Thanks, Ron. Ron, where was your house? He swears it was in the area of the Rivers of America. There is a picture in a, in E-Ticket magazine that you have the same copy I have. Are you sure about that? Because I, I don't have a lot concerned. of those. But. Yeah, we, well, we both got this because it had, had a couple neat little features. Okay, it was I'll, a really I'll, interesting article. I'll let you, I'll let you go with that. Ron on there. Oh, the anyways, interview with Ron the biggest. Yes, I have yes, that issue. Yes. And it shows a picture of the front yard of the Dominguez home. And there is a palm tree in the front yard. The palm tree still stands today at the Jungle Cruise. In fact, the building was built around it. And if anybody wants to look at the palm tree, go to the Indiana Jones Fast Fast Pass machines. Take a look on the side of the building there, and that is the palm tree. Now, you take a look at the position where that palm tree is compared to the home. The home is actually pretty much on the island on the other side of the river, from where they're loading the boats up on the Jungle Cruise. There's also an aerial photo that shows the home in its original position. When Disneyland was first being built, that home was one of the homes that was saved, and it was moved in to where the old admin building, where the security office currently is for Disneyland. It was moved into that position. When the administration building was, was built and expanded, then it got moved into the back to where Space Mountain, where where what would be the cast center, and um, 
what used to be called Mickey's Mint uh, back there uh, that was located there. And I'm trying to remember the year it was that it was demolished, to put it, because I actually, when I was going through some archival photos, I was taking a look at photos of when they bashed it. Everybody got to stand in line. 1966. 1966. Everybody got to stand in line to take a sledgehammer to the house. Ron was the first one in line to take a sledgehammer to take a pit to uh, to the house to start demolishing the house. So, uh, but yeah, it was so moved several times. But it was basically it where the Jungle Cruise is now. Okay. Well, he he told me the other area, but I guess you know maybe he was. You know, a little turned around, but regardless, not there anymore. Um, it, but it's not the way he worded this. He worded this still located in the Jungle Cruise. No, that it would, is not still located. The body, and, body still and, located. Well, put potentially. No, we, there, that, there, that we don't know. I mean, I, 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 it's not uncommon for people that lived in areas like that, wide open land, to just bury Ted out in the backyard or out in the side yard or wherever. I mean, it wouldn't be uncommon. To think that that may have happened. Yeah, and although I have not, I have not asked Ron that specific question. Um, considering well, how that often still, often do you bump into Ron these days? He's, to he ask. still comes into he still comes into the park every couple months. Um, he thinks Darth right. Vader here is preoccupied with death. Yeah. You think? But the but the uh, but the thing um, the area, even though this was just outside the city limits of Anaheim, it was still for the most part. Um, and I'm talking about when the Dominguez's owned the the uh, farmland and the other farms that were out there. Uh, it was just outside the quote unquote city limits. It was still under the influence of Anaheim, and Anaheim had the uh, cemetery already established off of Lincoln that they would be burying the people up in Lincoln. And I think Ron did mention that he had his family that was buried there, and I think that there are Dominguez uh, family members that are also buried up at the Yorba Cemetery up in Placentia which is now a historic site cemetery. So, but I, yeah, I, I gotta say 90 with, with 99.9% certainty, there are no bodies buried there at jungle cruise. Never have. Uh, been. Uh, see, you're, you're, you're reaching there with, I don't think anything we can absolutely prove with the information we have at hand. You would think it'd be dug up with construction. If there's a body over there. You would be surprised. In fact, there was a story just hit the you news moved, the other. You moved the headstones, but you left the bodies. Yeah, well, what's funny? I just watched Deliverance. Squeal! Um, <laughs> you Squeal know, if, for me. If you go sign up uh, for a Netflix free trial at Netflix forward slash Imagineering, uh, or go to my website and click through, I. I was watching it online because it was one of the ones available to do instant watch. I've never seen Deliverance, and everybody says you got to see this movie. Um, yeah, it's well, twisted actually. It's very twisted. For a minute, I thought I was watching the original of another kind of guy buddy movie where they all go off on motorcycles um, with Tim Allen. I thought this this is kind of like a modern day, or you know, that one is like a modern day Deliverance until they got to the squealing part and some of the other twisted things. But in a lot of ways, it was somewhat similar. These guys that kind of go out and got to do this last big thing, right? But there was a scene in there where they were moving bodies out of a cemetery because they're going to flood this whole valley. But I just heard on the news the other day that a mass grave was found in Georgia under a public parking lot. They were going to do some renovations. 
Okay, so to think about it for a second, a there mass are, grave in Georgia. Yeah, they yeah. think it was maybe yellow fever or something. Yellow but, fever or civil war. You know, not civil war. They said yellow fever in the the report, but they, at that time they didn't know yet. They had just found him. They were taking a stab in the dark. It would not be uncommon to find bodies buried because if you're just laying some concrete for a parking lot or asphalt, you don't go down. You scrape the top and you pour it, and you might not find anything. If if the body was buried correctly, it's down a good six feet or so. Um, so I, I don't think it would be uncommon at all to find stuff like that. In now, fact, yeah, I'd like to see a lot. You know, if we ever had these rivers drained where we're dammed up, who knows what you might find in but, some of those areas. Now, but I have to I have to differ a little bit on that because now, granted, when Disneyland was being built in 54, um, I don't think the laws existed. But at least in California now, before you have any major uh, commercial building being constructed, even the parking lot, you have to have some sort of archaeological survey that goes out there to make sure you're not going on some Indian burial ground or something like that. So I would think they would not not totally something. true. It depends and depends on where, when, and how. Uh, yeah, the engines have held up some developments for long periods of time, but that doesn't mean you're going to find everything. You know, you're you're talking about a needle in a haystack, really. When you're saying, okay, let's go check out the Disneyland site, they take a couple core samples, they do a little bit of history, what was on this land, you know, who, was there any migrating. Uh, indigenous people we'll through here. You you know, yes or no, maybe half dozen or the other if you would actually find one six-foot body on a few acres of land. You know what I'm but saying? See, at, at that point, I would think just doing the research alone, you're, you're talking about this is going to be a family member's graveyard. It's going to be consecrated ground. Unlike if it was somebody that they were trying to hide – and no, you know, some salesman you know, that pissed them not, off. Not everybody believes in the of. whole consecrated ground stuff. It's just, you know, I, I don't know. I would leave it open to the possibility at far less than the 99% you're saying, just my opinion. I think there's, there's a glimmer of a chance, I was going to say a glimmer of hope, that it's true because I think that's easily possible in a rural area like that. Very easy. Uh, especially, you know, where's like you say, you said you knew where the nearest graveyard is. Um, well, it's maybe not a question. I knew where the nearest graveyard was. It's just that it was under the influences of Anaheim. Well, Anaheim was a pretty well established city for the last hundred and some years, and you had a pretty established uh, uh, way of what was going, what was taking place in this part of the country, in this part of the state. And there was a, there was a, there was the cemetery up there, and you have a lot of. You know, German names up there and a lot of uh, Spanish names that are in there. I, I, and it's, it's including very there possible. are some Dominguez's that are up in there, too. I, there, it's very. I went to a place in, uh, in fact, it was a ghost tour thing at this historic place out in, it might have been Industry, or what's the other city that always, it sounds like Industry, or doesn't sound like Industry. Commerce. Commerce. City of Commerce. City of Commerce. I think it was in Commerce. And it's an old Spanish uh, hacienda and yes, for those for those of you in the rest of the country, we have some very um, imaginative names for cities. There's one called commerce, and there's one called industry. So, yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> the people are buried right there next to their house on the on the property. So it, it's not uncommon, especially probably in that culture, that that would happen. So, uh, you know, on my end, I'm going to say you maybe have something here. You know, who knows? 
you know, like you said, in the, in the movie, uh, we moved the headstones. We didn't so much worry about everybody else. The house, we've answered that. Uh, okay, so let's move on because we could just argue about that forever. All right, so, well, you, did you have something to say, Mike? No, no. I was going to agree that about the arguing okay. forever. Well, I think – so I'm going on with the email. Well, I think that's it for now on that idea, but here's some others that you could take a shot at. With the advent of digital media – and the ease of transfer of said media, was this guy a lawyer or something? Uh, will the park develop more rides with this technology? This way they can change the video experience at will or when the ride becomes stale or lost rider per hour numbers. <coughs> now, loses rider per hour numbers. Oh, I'm sorry, loses. Yes, 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 and yes. But this was already possible even in the film days because we did have multiple films for certain attractions in the can. Uh, and we did change things over, and that's Circle Vision is what I'm thinking. Star Tours was always rumored to have this happen, even though it is a film. But yes, I think with digital technology, I am surprised that uh, actually, is, I actually, is so lazy on updating attractions that have the well, possibility of doing it. I wouldn't say lazy. I was actually talking to a couple people, and yes, there is. Um, okay, how long has Star Tours been open? 1987. I call that lazy. January. Um, They're already using the video technology, of course, in Midway Mania. Um, There is talk. They're getting ready. They're going to be changing out the cabins on Star Tours again in the next couple years. I think it's the next... Maybe it's the next 18 or 24 months. They're going to be changing out the cabins, I was told. They will be putting digital projectors in there. They're going to be getting the, rid of the film cabinets off of it. Now, like you said, they originally Star Tours was supposed to have it to where they were going to have further adventures. So you can get on one uh, speeder and go to Hoth, and you can get on another speeder and go to Yavin, and you can get on a third speeder and go to Endor or something like that. That was the original plan until they realized they're really going to screw up the lines doing that because you're going to have people just like um, the story when you had multiple color horses on the carousel. Everybody wanted one particular horse out there. Well, you're going to have everybody holding up the line because they want one particular Star Tours cabin and not the other. So they decided it was going to be an all or nothing. They either need to change them all at the same time or they just leave them as is. And in the meantime... They got onto other projects. So. Well, Star Tours 2.0 has been re- rumored to have been For the longest time at Disney World and would be opening soon. And we keep hearing things. Maybe come out with Star Wars Weekend. Uh, who knows? But we've, but we've talked. Star- we've talked about the 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 potential way for improving Star Tours at the very least with digital technology. We yeah. I mean, we've dedicated a whole show to this already once about yeah. You know, uh, yes, we have. How but, easy but, is it to replace that screen with a huge, you know, plasma or something? You know, well, Richard. Richard's talking about projector, and I'm wondering if we're, you know, film. You know, really, when you think about it, the film technology hasn't changed a lot since what maybe the 30s or 40s. I mean, it's still, I mean, we find some things, but in general, it all works the same, right? Wait, film, yeah. motion picture film. Yeah, late late 1800s, right? Yeah. But, I mean, talk about when, you know, the, the type of projection. Who invented it? Quick. Who invented well, motion that, pictures? Okay, there's, that, people, there's people who argue. That some say the Lumiere brothers, and some say Mr. Edison. So, Mr. Edison. So, 
So well, the, no, that's Ed, the American Edison, version, right? Edison, Edison stole it. Lumiere. Most said. people say Lumiere. The Lumiere brothers in France were first. Well, they they, they say that Edison stole the man. On the, was it Man on the Moon? A rocket to the Moon? What was that that one movie that he made all this money off of it? He basically stole a print when he was in France, and that those guys saw no money. Um, from American distribution, yeah, yeah, because he stole and distributed it. But there's there even goes to the system of um, where did movie film come from? How did we get 35 millimeter film? And when Edison had built his project, his camera and projector, and went to George Eastman asking for roll film because Eastman was already starting to work with roll film, he said, well, what size do you want? And Edison just held up his finger and thumb and go, oh, about that size. So Eastman measured it, and that's where you get 35 millimeter, millimeter film from. Hmm. Uh, because, yeah, I don't know if I buy all that, because when you, when you get into the size of the lens and the, what the eye sees and all that, it seems a little more thought out than, ah, give me this. But you never know. Well, we know how, but, we know how the height of Mickey Mouse is determined, right? Yeah. Yes. Same yeah, kind so. of way. Same yeah, I've way. I've seen the video or the uh, the film of that. Anyways, back to um, this. I'm I'm wondering because again, like I say, films pretty rugged projectors. I'm just wondering, are the digital projectors ready for this kind of just bouncing around? Yes. Versus, yeah, you think so, huh? I think so. I think they can handle just uh, the projectors that they have available now can handle anything because one, they're solid state, and I think. Uh, yeah, they still use glass, Richard, and they use bulbs. Projectors, they still use glass, and they still use bulbs, same as any other film projector would be going on there. So if we can make a film projector with lenses and bulbs that can handle it, the only thing that's changing is the medium that's going through it. And instead of using uh, celluloid film that's passing through a... Uh, in front of the light. In front of the light, and has to move through a, a gate and go through a threader, a threader and a gate that may be moved. Instead, you can put an LCD chip in there that's using solid-state technology to make that move. Or not move, but to make that change the image that's being uh, that's showing that the light's projecting yeah, through. Yeah, I mean, they make projectors now that are, what, three pounds? <laughs> you know, no, it's pretty not light. The, it's not the weight, but I've also known people who, who travel with these things to do presentations and they, they go through them left and right. Now, again, we're not talking about the same kind of money. I'm sure Disney will be buying a much different projector than the average dog and pony show guy, but it is not uncommon that they go through these things rather quickly. Uh, but with led, uh, bulbs, they've got a long life, bright, definitely can go, uh, probably get much more life than a film projector, but an analog film projector is a pretty rugged device. And I, solid state, yes, it's solid state, but just, I mean, computers are great, but, you know, they're not always um, great with vibration and shaking. And, and I know there's ways to insulate for that, but I, I'm just and curious. Even, I don't know that much about them other than the anecdotal stories of ones I've used and, and people I know who have them. So and, and even consider that if you don't even have to put the hard drive on the simulator – to make it no, work. Very, very, the hard oh, very drive true. be on a rack down below, and you're just running the cables up N- to the projector. No hard drive. I mean, you would that would also be in solid state storage. Yeah, could I could mean? Be, it's, yeah, it's eight minutes, right? Eight minute yeah, video. Four minutes. Four minutes. Four and a half minutes. 
Yeah, you're right. That could all be solid state, just like that new uh, MacBook. I mean, there, that know, would fit on that state. would fit on an eight gig eight gigabyte you know thumb drive right now. Yeah. So I, I really do see it. Well, if it goes high def, probably not. But yeah, it, 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 well, got you got my point, right? You know, absolutely. I you know I just want to wonder. Well, then if it's, is it actually projection or is it just like a large plasma or LCD display that's got that built into it and it's never projected? It's it's just so it's that, part that of was my ball. suggestion that that it, you know you don't. Well, the, those things those things take a lot of weight. Your LCD and your pla- your plasmas in particular that those are a lot of weight. And now you're talking about something that can get. I mean, you don't want to jostle one of those how things big, around. How big is a screen? Right now, is it six feet? On uh, Star Tours? Yeah, I mean. Oh, geez, I'd have it, to go. Uh, you know, it's not much. You're sitting eight people across. All right, you know yeah, what? We, like you in. said, we've we've done this yeah. show. We think <laughs> it could be doing this. All right, here, I'll, like to see I'll see if I can more. get you the uh, the episode, and you, right. you can listen to it again. Okay, number two, what ride or rides do each of you, yes, this even means pole man, think needs to be leveled and replaced with something new or better? An example would be the redesign of Autopia to free up some land by the smoking area, second-class citizen area. This is a huge area that I believe could be put up two different rides in an area within the restrictions of the monorail. So, Rich, I know, Mike, you're doing research, can't do two things at once. Richard, Schaff, pole man. What do you think could be bulldozed? What do I? Th- I know which one you're going to say. Well, don't go with what you think I'm going to say. Just tell us what you think. Be an independent oh. thought person and come up with one of your own. Independent thought person. Interventions. Interventions okay. can disappear. Definitely agree with that. All right. Um, what would be newer, better, though? Um, I would like to keep the carousel building, I, and I, I've thought of a couple different uh, different shows that they can put in there. Um, okay. One on flight, one with robotics. Um, so a little edutainment. Exactly. Okay. Now we, sh- we sh- could do a whole other show, and we probably should, on edutainment, its life, and uh, whether or not it's still viable. All right. Now, moving on, what about um, – what second. do you think they – yeah. Yes. Moving on to what? Number three? No, 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 no. Moving on to the, what about the Autopia? I mean, he's given an example. Do you think something could be fit into the restrictions on the monorail looping around and making the uh, Autopia a smaller attraction? Well, there's, I, I don't see there's ever a restriction because you can always move things around. I mean, the monorail is just one of one fixture. When they when we built Indiana Jones, we just moved the monorail beam around the new building, oh, pushed it out. So, right? it, yeah, I don't see any restrictions. If you wanted to get rid of the Utopia or change the Utopia, and you needed to move the monorail, then just well, move the monorail. I, I don't think they're moving the monorail for a dark ride, but, no, for, a, but for an I'm, attraction like Indiana Jones. But you only have so much of of a footprint so following what this guy is thinking which is kind of what i'm thinking you don't got it you don't have a lot of room so it's not going to be something huge but you do have some restrictions that for an average attraction they're probably not moving monorail beams it's a guess you know they got the whole motorboat area that is sitting there unused <laughs> as well yeah, yeah. do the motorboat <laughs> do motorboat um, as far as uh, what i think needs to be leveled would be the diorama really 
replaced with something new or better. I'd re- you know, I'd replace it with something just better. Well, let me throw and, this this at you then, because this, it's funny you should mention that. Both you and Richard mentioned something that I would want to do something with. And I mentioned this to Richard, and I got him kind of intrigued. And it has to do with almost everything that we've talked about here, including the Utopia. Um, one, I would just move the entrance to the Utopia to Fantasyland. It's more of a fantasy than a thing of tomorrow, right? Correct. You can use most of the area, just move the entrance over there. It could be rethemed. The cars don't really give a crap. Uh, again, when you got different kind of cars that are a little more identifiable, these little Chevron cars, I don't think one kid cares one car to another. But if you start making the different vehicles oh. from the movie, you're going to have people wanting that car, this car, or that car. That becomes we'll, a little more difficult. Yes, well, Richard. let's face it, uh, submarines, that, that really became Fantasyland with Nemo. Yeah, well, yeah, you could probably just put <sighs> yeah. that all over there. Also, okay, so, well, that's just one idea to move that over there. It doesn't have to be cars, but something different. It's a fantasy for a kid, but not a, uh, a future thing. <laughs> it's a the, nightmare uh, for most adults. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so, going back to the train station. The train station, to me, has never been very tomorrow. It looks kind of like a, a rector set. It maybe went with the 50s. And when you think about it, maybe that's the reason Disney World never had a Tomorrowland train station. It just, there's nothing... Tomorrow about, about a train station, yeah. A 17th, 18th century train, right? These were built 100 years ago, these trains. So I guess the, the early There is 19th something century. about a train that's magic. Yes. Um, so what I would do with the Tomorrowland train station is make a um, transportation hub or port. So from the outside, it's very uh, advanced looking, very Tomorrowland-like. Uh, don't know what that is, but it's not what we see Tomorrowland <laughs> right now, but it's something different, right? It's, it's your transportation center for uh, this world of tomorrow. So as the train rounds the corner from Small World, at a point maybe just past the switch for the monorail, it enters a tunnel. As it enters the tunnel, it starts to encounter a vortex or some kind of phenomenon that is unexplainable. You are transported then through this vortex into Tomorrowland or tomorrow. And as you're, you know, the conductor is giving you this, uh, we don't know what the hell's going on here. You know, hold on to your hats, glasses, and keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. A star tour speeder almost crashes into you because it's also landing at this transportation hub. So you have this little visual effect or, you know, uh, physical effect of this large uh, vehicle. That could be something that happens. So you have a chance to board, disembark, whatever. Hey, you know, you want to go look at what's here. You get back on. As you would go back into what is the Grand Canyon, that now becomes a science center or some kind of control center where you have, you know, Mr. Swivel Hips and all the people at their little uh, control boards and such. And they are going to get you back. Trying to get you back, correct. Okay. And when you first go through this next time, so you find out that it's not a vortex, it's a time travel experiment or something going on that you got caught up in. You know, typical you've heard, experiment. Yeah, you've heard all yeah. this kind of stuff before, <laughs> right? But you know, it might work. So the first Sam, experiment Sam. <laughs> the first experiment takes you over the little bridge that you don't know is a bridge that's by Harbor House. And whoops, we missed your 
date by well a few million years and or a hundred million. Okay, you're the dinosaur, so you get to hold on to the dinosaurs because I, I like the dinosaur area. No, I like the dinosaurs. I just think it needs to be updated. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, we can, you don't like having the non-existent better. dinosaurs in there, like the brontosaurus. <laughs> so, um, and then his again, legs attached to the bottom of the pond. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, uh, they do it one more time, and you are brought back to your time, and you move on. You can keep some of the show elements, but make it a little different and exciting than what that's, you've that's, had. That's a pretty cool idea. So that, well, that was an idea that I had kicked around for a while as something to help the to- whole Tomorrowland theme. Did you ever take a look at the uh, signage around the Tomorrowland train station? I'm sure I have at some point. I know you're getting to something. So what is it that you're asking if I've seen? That's that's kind of what the signage around the Tomorrowland train station does show. It shows what? You're, tra- you're, you're traveling through time on this train. Oh. I don't know that I'd really notice that. But. Well, then that's a story yeah. element that they need to, you know, make a little bit more forceful or move to the front or something. Because yeah, well, the, the problem is, you yeah. all of a sudden you appear here in Tomorrowland in this 18th century train or 19th, probably early 19th century train. It just, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's got some holes. But again, we're talking about experiences and not true total stories here. Um, so that that was an idea of something that I'd add. Something I'd just get rid of altogether. You know, there's so many. But you know, interventions would be pretty much that'd probably top my list too. I um, so sure, yeah, okay, all right. Um, so the uh, yes. the Tomorrowland show was our show number eleven, number eleven, okay. March of two thousand and six. Wow! Whoa, that long ago. Yes, we talked about this way back then. <clears throat> yes, I have an idea that we will talk about off air that I think will create some excitement in the whole Micecast world. And uh, we won't we'll leave the tease at that, and I'll tease, talk to you. Tease, tease, okay. tease. All right. Uh, let's see. So moving on to the number three. 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 Uh, Trace. Wait, wait, wait. Trace. Okay, the, yeah, I saw the monitor. Okay. Sound. Are you going to stop talking now? Okay. If you could redesign downtown Disney, what would you do? Would you keep all the restaurants and stores in the format of, or format of franchises, or would you want to make it more a Disney-centric area? Would you add nightlife such as the Old Adventurers Club, Skipper's Club, Trader Sam's Club, or Shrunken Head Village? Or would you move stores around to maximize the foot traffic, like pushing World of Disney closer to the Disneyland Hotel? Okay. Uh, the first thing I, I think downtown Disney needs is, is a weenie. It needs, it needs something in the center of it to draw people in. Now, let's – we, 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 we we can't help but uh, compare to Walt Disney Worlds, and I'm going to have a major rant and tangent here in a minute if I can uh, work up the juice. Can, yes. <laughs> Would you say that that downtown Disney needs a weenie or has a weenie? I know they have one planned. Yes. Well, <laughs> no, that's not, already it's, – it's already there. It's, uh, what? It's, it's working? It's, it's been in put test, in? test oh, trials, okay. I believe. Well, uh, I wouldn't consider that a weenie for a retail district. Would you? No. Okay. So let's break this down for a second, though. Look at let's look at this question in all of its well thought out glory. Would you keep all the restaurants and stores in the format of franchises, or in again, would you make it more Disney centric? This is where I have my issue. Disney centric. Just because it's called Downtown Disney 
does not mean that everything needs to be fracking Disney. Now, I've had this long time sort of battle going on with one of my podcaster friends. One of his comments about our downtown Disney is there's nothing Disney there. And I'm like, well, let's backpedal a little bit to Walt Disney World's downtown Disney. For one, it started off as the Walt Disney World Marketplace or the Village. Other than actually back then, I'm not even sure there was maybe a one or two Disney gift stores. Uh, you had the Arebas, and, uh, and on top of that, you had the Arebas Brothers, outside guide, longtime Disney collaborator. You had the Oyster Bar, Captain Jack's, which is the longest-running uh, lessee restaurant on property. Not a lot of Disney things. Go to it right now. You have World of Disney, Disney-owned. You've got the little five-and-dime place, which, you know, the junk store. It's Disney. You've got some Disney stores. You've got the pin store. But again, you've got Arebus Brothers. You've got um, some of the restaurants that are not Disney. And I'm Earl, just talking Earl about Earl of the, Sandwich. Uh, Earl, Earl of Sandwich. You've still got Captain Jack's. You've got the Volcano Place. What's that called? Uh, Volcano uh, Place T Rex? No, no, the other one. Uh, Rain, T Rex is added to that. Rainforest? Rainforest. No. Yeah, these are not Disney. There's the Wolfgang okay. Puck Place. Wolfgang Puck. Now, just stay in the downtown Planet Disney. Hollywood. Don't, don't get no. Don't go to that side yet. Um, that's what. What do they consider that side? I forgot. Um, West side. West side. But Planet, Ho- on- but Planet Hollywood was actually an anchor for Paradise. Uh, yes, Pleasure Island. Yes. Da, da, da. In the front of Pleasure Island. So let's not even get to the Pleasure Island section yet. You got a McDonald's there. Lego store. The Lego store. Now tell me what is so Disney about that section of Walt Disney World's downtown Disney. World of Disney stands out like a sore thumb. It's pretty large. Uh, Friggin' huge! I actually did a takeoff of square footage on Google Map because they've got a tool you can do that. Because it was also complained that ours is so small. It's see, it's it's a fair bit smaller, but I would argue that we've got they've just got an extra two or three racks here and there of the same stuff. We've got everything they've got. They just got more of it out. Uh, ours is long and linear. Theirs is has a lot of depth to it. But again, you've got that big anchor. You've got the the store that sells you got the Disney Art Store, whatever it's called. You've got the one that sells the like five to ten dollar items that everybody's going in there like it's a deal, but you can find the same item in the park for the same price, but it gives you the you know idea of value. You've got the pen shop and you've got the like the pet store, the Disney pet stuff. ESPN store, I guess that one, that, that closed store, whatever, probably be considered Disney, but you got a toy store in there that's not Disney. You've got uh, you know, the the chocolate place you've got like you said earl sandwich you've got the arebus brothers none of these are disney right correct okay now i'm sure there's more i don't i'm doing this all from memory so now you go into a pleasure island other than the adventures club let's see you've got the irish joint not run by disney uh you've got they they massacred the old uh uh Empress Lily to okay. make it Fulton's, Fulton's crap out, house. Yeah. <laughs> Fulton's crap house. I don't know. I haven't been in there. I, I, it looks very nice, but they took off the paddle wheel on the back. Um, so now, pretty much, Pleasure Island is closing down. I I believe Disney ran some of those, but I think uh, did Lessies run any of the others? I don't know that much about uh, Pleasure Island as far as who ran the individual places, but you know, I do know. The Adventures Club, obviously, was Disney cast members, etc. Same with the um, Comedy Club, right? Comedy, okay. Now, does that look real Disney? Nothing about it screams Disney. There's no classic Disney there, but it was Disney. 
Okay, we'll give it that much. At one point, they added... Um, when you go into those places, yes, though, it, it kind of screamed Disney at you. Yeah, sort the of. The depth, seriously, the depth of detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah if, uh, when I was taken on a little tour and they showed me where all the plaques and the side of the buildings are and what they mean and the story, you really got to look deep for some of this stuff. Uh, they added Jessica for a while. Now she's gone. Um, okay, so now we got Planet Hollywood at that end. Not a Disney franchise. Um, now as you move into the west side, well, what do you know? This side reminds me a lot of our downtown Disney. you got a movie theater. You've got uh, House of Blues. Also owned by EMC. Uh, thank you. You've got House of Blues. You've got uh, Virgin. You've got Cirque du Soleil. Disney got Quest. Disney Quest, Disney thing. There's one. I think there's one Disney thing. That in pi- that whole side of the park. You've that got pineapple the, place? Uh, you get the high-end, uh, uh, you, you got the uh, tobacco, or not the tobacco shop, but the, the uh, cigar shop. You've got the high-end uh, magic shop. You've got the junk store of all the mer- the memorabilia, like you have at our downtown Disney. That's closed. The one at ours is closed? Is that, is Star- Star- Starbillas? Starbillas, whatever, that's closed. No, Starbillas is gone. When but that was that an close? independent shop that they just decided not to renew their lease. When they did closed that close? About uh, March. It's been a while. No, March. That's, no, no. that's last month. No, 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 no. They were closed was, last I time was I was there in January. I was there a month. No, no. I was there a month yes. ago. We were in there. Uh, no, well, no. Anyway, it's gone now. That's all I guess that matters. Libby Lou is gone. Uh, so look at our downtown Disney now. You've got World of Disney. Okay, there's our Disney Disney owned place. ESPN's ours. You, Richard says we have a stake in AMC Theater. I I, I don't know. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll it, well, it. it's it's still operated by AMC, but we have a sta- We we finished the building of it. We had a stake because AMC was th- threatening to pull out of it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We AMC, have a stake in the AMC, building, but, but no, no, no. owning the company is what AMC I'm is about. a Disney. Oh, Disney has a, has ownership of AMC. Does it? N- maybe not a hundred percent, but they're um, a major stakeholder. All right, let you look that up while you're uh, you know, okay. I'll do that. Moving <laughs> gas out of your backside. Um, you've, got, <laughs> you've got rainforest, non Disney. You've got Tatilla uh, Joe's. I don't believe is Disney. Uh, you've got Disney. House of Blues. That's not Disney. You've well, got. I can, a, tell, I can name the Disney ones easier than what you're going through. Well, you well, that's I kind of my you point. Have is, uh, you have uh, Walt Twenty Eight, and Walt you have 28. ESPN Zone. That's why I'm getting at. You go down the list. I'd rather not mention the Disney ones to emphasize my point. Um, why do people look at Disneyland's downtown Disney as being not very Disney when you can go to Walt Disney World's and not be very Disney either? Yeah, it's called double standard. Yeah, well, it is a double standard. Now, is ours yeah. is engaging? I don't know. Everybody says it looks like an outdoor mall. What do you think the fracking west side of Disney World's downtown Disney looks like? In fact, I don't even like the west side. I think it's a little seedy. Uh, really? Because really? yeah. see, the funny thing is the west side strikes me more as like uh, Universal City Walk. Tight, closer together. Right? You know what I don't like Seems about more it? like there an is, alley. There, yeah, there is no semblance of thought-out architecture on the west side, it's blonde. It's a bland. It's like an outdoor shopping mall with storefront doors and windows in it. It's boring. Uh, now, House of Blues, you know, they've got a theme going. That's just a House of Blues thing. But, you know, as you're walking 
down towards Virgin, you, on your left side, you know, you might as well be in a strip center in Ponunk Nowhere. I mean, that is the god-ugliest buildings and storefronts I've ever seen in my life. A second-year student at a junior college could design that place. Ours has a lot more uh, architectural interest on the facades than theirs does. Does that mean ours is better? No. Ours is tighter. It's a little smaller. Big deal. To me, it's, 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 it, is, it serves the purpose of where it's at. It ties the resort, hotels, to It ties everything together, centralizes everything together into one nice, neat package. Yes, I think Disney, you know, Disney purposely wants to bring some of the local people in to, to use it. And it has worked to the negative in Florida. You know, they've had some issues lately with some incidences, the pipe bomb, the supposed robbery, uh, you know, those kind of yeah. incidents. But, you know, when you invite people on property to not be there as long staying guests and you're inviting them in for the day, what do you expect? That, that kind of thing happens sometimes, especially in Florida. I, you're literally right on – you're almost at Highway 4 there. I believe that's the highway. You're, you're right on the edge of the property. Um, so I would imagine you'd get a little different fare for people who just come into House of Blues to hear some band or just want to come to the movies. Uh, you yeah. have far less control of your resort. I mean literally – the neighbor is knocking at the door of Walt Disney World now. You know, they, they yeah. have this size. They have this insulation from the outdoor or outside world. I'm sorry. That world is knocking on the door now. You, the light pollution around that place is incredible. Where you used to be able to see for miles and just see specks of lights, you now see plumes of light. Yeah. It's like a nuclear light coming off of some of these uh, developments right next to the park. And it's, it's rather disturbing at times, uh, but I'm going to agree with you for the most part on that one question without going into the double standard rant of Disney centric or keep it. I like the format that downtown Disney has. Now I only have downtown in California. I've the uh, last couple times I've been in Florida, we didn't go into the downtown Disney area. Do, so do, you, do you really want to go down that road, Richard, about things you don't do <clears> when you're in Shut the um, but I like the format. I like the fact that you have uh, House of Blues, that you have uh, Rainforest Cafe, that you have other – you got haagen ice cream and Wetzel's pretzels in there. Um, I think as long as at least the downtown Disney in California, it still maintains the quote-unquote Disney standards of – uh, how the facility is going to look and how it, the show, you know, maintain a show standard on the facility, but it gives and but it allows people to expand their taste, so to speak, and still stay within the bubble. Yeah, I mean, you could eat. Uh, we were, you know, we had this conversation with that guest in the parking lot a few weeks ago, where we we're saying, "Why are you leaving the parking lot?" You've got plenty in downtown Disney. You could walk across to Garden Walk, and you're thinking about losing this great parking spot out in uh, – is that Pinocchio yeah. out there or Chippendale? Um, why do this? But, yeah. you know, he was with women that insisted they leave. So, you know, like the emasculated males that many are these days, he drug his yeah. tail, hung his head, and went off to do what uh, his women folk wanted him to. But I, I agree with you, Richard. I, I think there's a variety of shops. 
a variety of restaurants. Maybe it's not what you like, but I think in general it's working well. There's entertainment galore up and down the street, especially in the evenings. Not as much in the yeah. day. And I'm talking another- talk about the dude that's playing like five instruments or – I'm talking about the dude that's playing a bunch. I mean, a and bunch there's of- Ari- and there's Arius who's there all the time. Who used to be the band that used to- that was over at uh, Adventureland that performed. Now well, they're well, performing uh, at Downtown Disney all the, the time. Funny, the record. funny thing is, one of these guys from Florida also said there's there's no entertainment. And okay, so I I've been really paying attention to this the last few times I've been to Florida and here and looking around. Last time I was at Downtown Disney, at Walt Disney World, which is in December. I saw Jack as far as outdoor entertainment. Nothing. In fact, all the times I've been there at night, I've never seen any outdoor entertainment. Now, at Disneyland, every time I go, there's at least one guy, if not three. I've seen the maximum, I think, of six entertainers from going from walking from Disneyland all the way down to ESPN. Down by ESPN, there's always some kind of ethnic Hispanic-type group playing down there. Um, You've got the guy that plays the piano that goes up and down with all the smoke and electronics. He's about um, just past the dead baby store. And right at the end of World of Disney, there's always a guy playing some kind of instrument there. So there's three. Then you got the guy down by House of Blues that plays, you know, a hundred different percussion instruments at once. I don't know if you've seen this guy. He's got, you know, chimes. He's got uh, the big gong. He's got the all the drums and he plays this big setup. So there's four. These are like regular consistent guys that are always there. Very good entertainers too. And they're there almost every night, especially in the peak period, slower periods. You might only get one or two of those guys. And Richard, you're there more, Richard. I mean, have you seen a lack of outdoor entertainment? going? Oh, no, down? no, it's, it's, it's always there and it's, and it's changing. Quite a, they change it every now and then as well. And seasonally, but, I think some of the guys you see more in certain seasons, like the piano guy. Yeah. I've only seen there during Christmas time. Yeah. Now I will. Now on the next question, the for uh, what would I change? I don't know what I would change. The thought of adding something like a a adventures club or something. We talked about that prior on a yeah, other shows. I would love to see some additions and be able to expand downtown Disney. But as you said, it is kind of a tight, neat little package. A lot of that was uh, space constraints. I would like to be able to see some of that expand to something more and see additional shops. But going on to the Disney-centric, I don't think they have to be uh, Disney. I would like to see other outdoor clubs come in as well that might have different ideas that still maintain the the Disney family environment, but I mean, okay. What's, what's the purpose of a, uh, uh, at least for Disneyland, what's the purpose of downtown Disney to get people in the district and maybe they'll go into the park. See, no, I think uh, you you're, know, hit, you're hitting the point, Mike, which is it's named downtown Disney because Disney's bringing it together. But I think where you're asking the rhetorical question, it's to keep people on the property and additionally, bring people from the local area onto the property who may not come for the park, but they'll come to the movie. They'll come to and a dinner. And the people who are staying there in the resorts will stay there rather than driving for down the after street. hours. Right, because they don't feel like they are compelled that they're, they're eating at a kiddie restaurant 
or something like that. They can go to some place that oh, that's not Disney. That's that's something more adult oriented, like a like a, a House of Blues or a, a Tortilla Joe's or something like that. But are, you know, the, those restaurants all kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, don't, I like. Um, I now I've, I've only eaten at House of Blues once. I wasn't terribly impressed, but I wasn't terribly disappointed either. I guess I went in with go, kind of mediocre. Go in there with them, and you come out with a eh. Uh, the Tortilla Joe's I've eaten in twice. I've been eh. satisfied. Yeah. Um, eh. Rainforest. I think you go there more for the atmosphere than the food. Uh, but again, I think you you got to go to certain restaurants and expect not expect too much. And that sounds wrong to not go expect too much. But don't go in expecting it to be the best filet mignon you've ever had. In fact, I probably would stay away from their high-end dishes and go to more medium dishes where you yeah. value probably a little better. You know, rather than paying a you know twenty five dollars steak, maybe uh, and they actually just change their menu items there. I kind yeah, of fifty like dollars chicken or a wrap might be no. better. Actually, go in for dessert and enjoy the atmosphere. That's what we went. Now I ate a T Rex in, in in Florida. I got to say the food was really good, and the menu is a little different from Rainforest. Operated the same people, little different menu. I was kind of envious of what the guy with me had, Galactic Hero Jimmy. He had a really good-looking sandwich, but I really enjoyed – I think I had re- – I don't remember now what I had, but it was really good. We went back later for dessert and just hung out there and had their version of the volcano. It's a little different than uh, what they do at Rainforest and enjoyed the atmosphere. I thought the food was good. It was worth the money I paid at lunch. Now, the dinner menu, I don't know. I enjoyed a lunch menu at, at T-Rex. I liked it. You got to expect noise and all that, kids. It's a type of place that attracts that stuff. Um, but I think, yeah, an Adventurers Club or Trader Sand, whatever you want to have, some kind of comedy club would be a good thing. Even a regular old comedy club that brings in known comics would be fine with me. And, you know, as far as, far as expansion, about the only thing you could really do is expand out into the parking <laughs> lot for downtown Disney and create maybe another parking structure uh, in that flat area that they use, I think, for cast member parking. There's there's already talk about pushing uh, well, downtown yeah, Disney uh, north of, uh, of ESPN Zone, a rainforest cafe, that kind okay, of yeah, valet exactly drop-off area. Also, also yeah. south down into the uh, Simba parking lots around the uh, Paradise Pier Hotel but, and kind of draw the Paradise uh, Pier uh, Hotel more that- into but with that all the vacant be, space they got, they can't. You know, they can't be talking about expansion at this point. I mean, yeah. Well, that that would also be kind of hard too because you you got to draw that fine line between how much noise you make next to your resorts. Now, granted, the Grand Californian, you know, either suffers or is enhanced depending on your opinion of you know the noise and stuff that can be transmitted up into there. But I, I see what you're saying, Richard. I, that wouldn't be my first thought of an expansion, but. Uh, you well, never know. It's possible to go that way, sure. Well, I, I know there was talk a couple, a number of years ago. They were talking about doing uh, Cirque du Soleil out in Disneyland, and, they, and no. the question was, where do you put a theater? And they go, oh well, we got that big space out there in Simba, where Wonder Bowl used to be. Where Wonder Bowl? Well, that'll be in the far corner. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you have the other uh, thing that you're, you've got the competition now with the uh, Garden Walk. So I think Disney not, now really needs to. What's that? <laughs> so that's not competition. That's half empty. Well, H- yeah. half the space is not uh, doesn't okay, have any you, tenants. That's fine. But you realize what we're going through right now. I, I think it's expected to have some spaces empty right now. But you've got some good anchors, and I think over time it will draw more okay. to it. If the anchors but can I, survive I, the downturn, then yes. I would AMC be careful. Here. I would AMC be careful. Theaters. 
I would be careful to expand our downtown Disney too much while unless your intention is just to put the garden walk in the ground. But do you really want to put your neighbor in the ground because that reflects on the neighborhood and we are a tight, small little neighborhood here. You don't really want to see a bunch of empty, you know, lost places unless Disney's going to turn around and operate that joint. Okay. But, you know, you got Bubba Gump's, you got the bowling uh, experiencing, uh, 300, I think they call it. There's a couple other big restaurants. Hey, it's kind of, it's kind of, bowling alley? In, no, not yet. It's, it's kind price, of in the, it's, nice. it's kind of in the middle, you know, where they're the empty shops from what I understand. But you go, okay. Um, it's, it's that center. I think we'll do okay. Um, it's it's that center portion. I think they'll do it. I think they'll survive, um, but we'll see. see okay. I, I, you know, I don't think they can expand downtown Disney with without uh, solid uh, proof that they're running at capacity. I mean, there's there's the, stores that are coming and going. Stores, uh, yes, but how restaurants almost always wait. on a summer night or weekend night you have to wait. To eat I, at the Which is sad because those yeah. restaurants are really very just mediocre. But you know, no, I don't I think, think it's all about the restaurant as much as it is about where you are, the overall experience. You're right. They're not. But do you think is, is a Morton's going to make it? Is a Ruth's Chris going to no, make no, it? No, no, no. I'm is not it? saying. I'm not saying. Uh, I think Mike, class Mike, it up. I, Go ahead, Richard. I was going to say. I think you you are running at capacity. In downtown Disney. I think you're running fine in downtown Disney. Greg's right. The restaurants are all very busy. Uh, they're really? all doing really well. Okay. I know, um, the, I know the one that has the bar in the center. That place is not, is not that Cattals? busy. Yeah. Um, Cattals and the Uva Bar? The Uva Bar has got business, but Catal does not. You walk Cattal. by, there's plenty of empty tables as you walk by all the time. That's the, done the, by their choice. They the, they like it that way. The more family-friendly places. It's a hoity-toity, snoity. It's a hoity-toity store. The more family-friendly places down at the West End, which is, you know, yeah. The Zone, Rainforest, House of Blues, Tortilla Joe's, Brennan's Jazz Kitchen. They're all grouped together there. They they work off of, you walk but, into one, oh, it's too long, we'll go to the next one. But the Napoli's. two, the, that place blows chunks. That's got the worst service Napoli's? Yes. My brother-in-law used to work there. That's that's probably the one place I have not eaten. But they, they have they have people waiting there. Uh, Stay busy. Yeah. La, Brea, La Brea Bakery has people standing outside the door. Yes, in the morning. Uh-huh. La Brea's good. I've eaten there. I'll go back. I like La Brea. Um, uh, uh, you know, then, then what you're saying, what it sounds like the way you're defending it, is that the empty storefronts need to be converted to, to food. No, well, I don't. They, I don't what, think what those stores that are left. Fifty-six uh, Studio Fifty-six gone. Okay, that place is huge. Let, let's go by. Let's go by one at a time. Stu- uh, wait, wait, wait. Studio Fifty-six is that where they had all the figurine stuff and the, the Christmas Town places? Yeah, 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 yeah. That store is pretty big. That one's big. Yeah. Well, Empty. hang on a second. Let's go by by one at a time. Department Fifty-six, which is owned by Macy's. Macy's eliminated the line. That's so fine. It's, not- it's still an empty freaking building. That, that will get something in there, but it's not. Uh, that okay, we'll see how quick that works out. Macy's eliminate the line. Let's go on to the next one. Libby Lou. Yeah, not, not a good excuse, Richard, because it in the bottom in the bottom line when you got guests walking through there, it's boarded up per se. Bad per se. Bad. But, it, but the thing is, it's not like the, it's not like you have shops that are leaving because they're not doing anything. It's that the shops that have left 
are because the parent company has eliminated that particular line. The, the the only, I'm stopped, not so sure about that, Richard. I, I the think is stopped out by AMC that you say is now gone. It's gone, and that one was an independently owned shop that the owners decided not to renew. Are you sure it's independent because it looks exactly like the one in Florida? Uh, maybe the owner owns both of them, but I was told it, it has no uh, affiliation with any parent company or anything. They weren't closing for any reason. They just decided not to renew the lease. <laughs> they weren't making any money. Uh, I, I, that that would be a story I would find a hard I mean, me too, but, but think about it. it. People, neat, people come to Hollywood. They think they need to buy this crap. Yeah. Well, you know, we as non-tourists don't look at that as a place to go spend our money. But I, I agree with you that it looks bad having empty storefronts, and I'm sure that those storefronts – well, I, I'm not only am I sure. I know a couple of those storefronts are getting ready to reopen with new things going in them. But the stores really? that are – are uh, the, the, the candle Lou store shop, closed? The Libby Lou shut, and that's a, that was another store that, that – it was chain-wide. It wasn't like they're pulling out of that thing. Oh. Uh. Illuminations chain wide when they they pull they shut down uh, pretty much their entire chain. That was Yankee no, they, Candle. That was Yankee Candle. Yankee Candle closed twenty eight of its illuminations, all all of its illumination stores. So yeah. sure. Wait wait, Yankee- wait 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 wait. I just walked next to one by the Apple Store in South Coast Plaza, still open two days or a week ago. Sachs Club Libelou was a Saks uh, Fifth Avenue. Saks Fifth Avenue. And they they shut down all seventy eight Club Libelou stores gone. That one is reopening in the next couple of weeks. As what? It's going to be called Disney 365. So they're throwing a Disney store, store in there. They're yeah. throwing a Disney store in there, basically doing the they don't Because they don't want empty freaking storefronts. Right. It'd be but easier to throw a couple doing, you know, low-paid cast members and sell some plush and crap. Well, no. It's going to be doing the exact same thing Libby Lou is was doing, but it's doing it with a uh, princess-type theming to it. I can't believe they can keep Vault 28 or whatever it is open. That's that the, store is freaking crazy. That's the loaded and, crap I've ever seen in that store. And I guess the uh, the business that they're expecting to do with uh, Disney 365 is going to be uh, very good because it's going to be very similar to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, which is going into Fantasyland. And that that's a boutique that has their taking. Yeah, we know. You know, now that boutique, by the way, is at the Disney store. At Downtown Disney in Florida, and would right. make sense to have it on the outside rather well, than on the inside, or in it's, addition, it's, have it's it. both. It's both outside and inside. Yeah, it's, we've it's, used it's, we've used one of each. So it yeah, sounds it, like it. It the Downtown Disney is getting a little Disney pimped here. Yeah, we're Disney pimped. But the thing is, is the the uh, store, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, hasn't even opened yet. But they've already have reservations the, up the Yin Yang. I've I've heard. I can't. I don't. I don't understand that, that whole Bibbidi Bobbidi. Quick, Quicksilver might be going as well. Downtown Disney. Okay, I haven't heard anything on Quicksilver yet. But what I'm getting to though is, it wasn't like they're pulling stores out because they're not doing well. It's just that that particular chain is shutting down that particular okay. operation. Okay, but still, it still yeah, leaves empty am- space at Downtown Disney. Wait, wait, wait. Regardless you're, you're, of the you're, reason, you're denying the obvious here because you, you're. You can't say the store's not doing well if the whole chain is shutting down. It, obviously, the whole chain was not performing 
well that it's being closed down. Well, what, I, what I'm saying is it's not like you have a, manage, a, a chain coming in saying that store is not doing good at, the, at that particular place. We're just going to shut down that store. I mean, you could look at the other way. You've got you got Planet Hollywood, which failed miserably as a chain, but they've managed to keep the one at Downtown Disney open, and I right. think one inside the Caesars Mall is still operating. That's, last those month. are the only two that are operating that I know of. Yeah. Same thing with Disney Quest. There's the only ones that are operating with Disney Quest is the one there in Florida, and I think there's one in Chicago. Remember, we best. remember the Disney fast food joints they tried to start. After right. the Disney stores, but all right. So, are, are we going to try to answer the question? <laughs> well, what, if we uh, could redesign, I, what would you do? Would you keep all I, the restaurants uh, and stores? Change it anything? Up? Anything that's performing well, though the Dead Baby Store disturbs me. Um, <laughs> the rest of the store, I don't. Mind, yes, I don't mind the hodgepodge of different stores. Some of them I find odd to be there. Uh, Karen, for example, likes to go to that uh, makeup store because they carry something particular she likes there, and we don't, have another one. we don't have another one close to us. Uh, I, I think those things are fine. There are local people who, rather than hop in their car and drive down to Main Place or somewhere else, can come to downtown Disney, do some shopping. As long as it's you know not too lowbrow, I think it keeps up the image of Disney. Disney keeps it clean. They keep it family. There's entertainment. I, if anything, I would just add to it. I don't think I would say, well, you know, I don't like this. I definitely wouldn't bring in van shoes or, I don't know, hot topics might do well in a place like downtown Disney. But uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't mind it the way it is. I wouldn't mind seeing more restaurants and some um, some clubs. I don't want to bring like in a club scene, but. Certain clubs, well, like a, you know, an adventures, adventures club, club yeah, or, a, or really a comedy nice. club, I think would work. I don't necessarily want to bring in a mannequins and a roller club and all these other, yeah. you know, odd places. I but agree. I think it's got potential uh, for some more restaurants and, and things like that. Though I think I might bring in, uh, they almost need a lower end restaurant. I hate to say that. Something a little more coffee house ish where the folks who can't afford. The all even quite like a norm. Uh, family, Just real quick. family four or five going into any of those restaurants down there are not going to walk out for under eighty or ninety dollars. Yeah. It's just just impossible. Um, so they they could use. We lost the Monorail Cafe, for example. That was an awesome place. You know, we, we need we need a a restaurant of that caliber and nature in the general area. I think that would help. Besides the Denny's across Harbor and the but IHOP. You, you, well, they're not Disney. I mean, in downtown right. Disney, yes. Yeah, something to yeah. keep keep them there rather than going across the street. Now, maybe Disney doesn't yeah. want to deal in that. But if it's up to me in my world, I would probably do something like that. Now, I mean, I mean, they outsource the food anyway, so what does it hurt, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, for answering the last part of the question, would you move shops around? Uh, in particular, his example is moving the world of Disney closer to the Disney Hotel. Uh, in my opinion, the world of Disney is exactly where it needs to be, so mostly because the world of Disney carries everything that either one of the parks carry that either one of the parks have. And it's a great place, part. right next to the, the tram, tram stop tram on your way back to your car. And it closes 
two hours after the last park closes. So you know, as you're exiting the park, you can still go get those last-minute souvenirs at World Disney. Way back in the day before we had a second park, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Richard, or somebody else, or I put it into I, I have an idea. But, you know, as Disneyland closed, you always have that one little shop next to the exits, right? It's tiny, get some business at the end. But I thought, why not put a larger kiosk-type store a little further out. You had the little mall, you know, where we did the car shows and all that over the time. Why not put a shop right out there? Let everybody that, oh, crap, I forgot to get something. One last chance. Oh, you wouldn't want to do that. Man it that late. And, you know, be out there by themselves and all that. And, you know, where have we really gone? Downtown Disney, uh, the world of Disney staying open two hours later has really become that, that idea, is, you know. Yeah, but I think... I think in the downtown Disney, it works well in the original idea of having it sitting out there with the parking lot. I think it would have been too much out in the open, even back in the in those days. It would have been too much in the open of, uh, I don't know. It's I not like you're in the sure. hood or something, but yeah. No, I, you're I not in the hood, that. yeah. I can understand. But I, I think the downtown Disney is in the right place. Could they have a... You know, the shop in the Disneyland Hotel is not much to get excited about. You know, most of the resorts in Florida have somewhat decent shopping in their hotels, in the resorts. Uh, I find it that the higher you get in the resorts, the smaller the gift stores get than the more variety you have of clothes and other things. The, the more the grand, high end. Well, <laughs> grand, I think you have more... Yeah. More targeted Grand's- shops, right? There's a yes, kids store. Yes. There's a dude store. There's a girls yeah, store. The Grand Floridian, for example, had a very small kind of you know gifty store, and you get used to something like Pop Century and some of those that are you know kind of like what you buy in the park. And then the, yes, you're right. They're, they're more they're more targeted. You go into the Polynesian, you know, they've got a clothes store. They've got things are are targeted, like you say. I think that's a good word. Um, so I think the Disney Disneyland Hotel would do better to have some better shops. I've I've always found the Disneyland Hotel to be an odd conglomerate of towers. You know, you go to the Marina Tower, whatever they call it today. It's it's now the names of the boats, right, or the ships. Magic, wonder, Magic, Magic Dream, whatever the hell. You know, yeah, you, Magic you, Dreams and uh, Wonder. You literally can walk from off property into a hotel that has no security. To the towers, you've got a lobby area that has no lobby. You've got some side rooms where you can have um, weddings and events and things like that. You're talking about the last tower, yeah, Bonita. But tower. It's, oh, Bonita. Thank you. Sorry. Um, now totally, known as the Wonder Tower. Wonder. Okay, it's totally unattended. Yeah, even the yeah. And then had that back parking lot. You could just yeah. <laughs> even the original in, Disneyland it. Hotel unattended lobby. It, I yeah. mean, yeah. You know, I don't know what do they call the original Disneyland Tower now? Dreams Tower. That's the Dreams Tower. Okay. Uh, now the only one you really have any anybody in is the main one, which the is front now desk. was yeah. Marina, uh, and uh, and that's the Wonder now. The, uh, that's the uh, ma- Magic Tower. Magic, Magic. Okay, well, I kind of see where they're using the names, uh, but you know, its shop is, you know, it's insignificant. Uh, they, I think they could do better to have a nicer shop for the people in the resort. Uh, and they used to have the, 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 you know, they used to have that little kind of shopping village, if you will, by the waterfalls. Uh, yes, yeah. that was all lessees. 
Yes, it was, but it still, you know, had a variety what, what of things. What was it called? The shop. I don't know. We used to go do that as undercover now and then. Oh uh, yeah, it was boring. Uh, wharf a lot area. Of um, right, uh, yeah, was... over by the Lost Bar, uh, right over in that area. But anyway, with any way, I, you know, and I, I always sometimes feel like I have to be an apologist for the Disneyland Hotel and regards that we didn't design this. You know, we bought this from Rather, who built it and was a friend with Walt to use the Disneyland name so they could tie the place together. But I don't think we would have ever, when I say we collectively as Disney, would have designed a resort like those hotels are put together, you know? Well, you know... Oh, yeah, because the contemporary was (laughs) so well... Going back no, to the original, I, I think the contemporary is put together pretty well, though I think it's morphed and changed over the years. Originally, it still doesn't look all that jazzy. The contemporary? Well, no, yeah. you're, you're right. I think in its day it had an, an aura of different, but today you're kind of like I, because I, you, I don't know. You know, because the I, contemporary I think, was built in 1970, right? And the first tower was built in 1964. I like the exterior of the contemporary. The interior of some of the space, especially when you get down to the convention areas and stuff, it's odd, I think, sometimes. But, you know. I think you got to remember with the Disneyland Hotel, though, is you got to remember what the original uh, site looked like. Even when, I, uh, I totally understand. But when, they kept, when they kept adding on to it, you know, literally unmanned towers. I mean, it's just, it's, it's to me, I've always felt... Uh, odd and kind of hanging out there over in the Benita Tower. Um, it's just, you know, I wouldn't want to stay in that tower. I would well, the Dis- you- Disneyland Tower, the original tower, or the Magic would be fine. But I, the Benita to me has always felt kind well, of a way. You did, you did have offices over there on the ground floor of the uh, Benita be, Tower be back then. Mm, no, there was no yeah. offices there. Yeah, there was no. offices that they're now Conf- vending machines. There were oh, yeah, conference, the conference rooms. rooms there, but there was also a souvenir shop. Not in the Bonita the Tower. Yes, there was. Uh, when you go in from the north door, you uh, argue with somebody who used. To- okay, go ahead, go ahead, let him go. North door, uh huh. North door. You go to the immediate left side. Conference room. Where the, no, the immediate left side. There used to be the uh, when you were there. I, I remember correctly. That was the JTB offices there. Wasn't JTB right there on the immediate left side before you went into those conference rooms? No, no. If, you go, black, if you go straight, if you go, if you go in the center doors, right? Yeah. The, elevator, off, the elevators off, are right there. You, straight in. You, you, I, now I'm coming from the north side, coming yeah, from the yes. waterfalls. Okay. So you could turn to the right and go down like a little hallway towards the garden room. Correct. Which should have some significance for you. Or yeah. and at that same spot, you go straight. And then you're right there in the elevator vestibule. The elevators, right. Or you can keep going straight and go out the back door. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. at that same spot, you could turn to the left, and there was a conference room there. There's conference rooms. You got the restroom downstairs. Okay. But there's also... Which also a- had an entrance to the tunnel. Yes. So there was no office in that tower. There was back in... The only office back- space was in the marina tower. On the second floor behind there, and above the front desk. There was a souvenir shop right there uh, at the uh, – just almost um, – not quite across from where the stairway is, just shy before you reach the stairway. 
across from where the uh, service elevators would be, there was a enclosed uh, souvenir shop that was only open like every now and then. But there was also some stuff that later became the JTB, the Japanese Travel Bureau offices, and now it's a vending machine uh, stand. They they changed the design of it, and it's a vending machine stand that sits inside there. And this is after my time, because there was never any office there when I was there. And as as far as as far as uh, you know, a stand to buy something, food. There was the bottle shop just up the path they never had food there they just had the, su- the little souvenirs in there the gift shop was in the newspaper uh stand gift shop there by the by the front desk all right you know i, I hate to break up this love fest uh, no i i personally I, you know it had to have happened after i left the bromance is just getting sickening. Okay. We got two more questions to finish so we can wrap this thing up. Well, it's question really number fun. four, I think, is an episode all itself. So I think we should skip to question number four. Or at least uh, read I it. I think we should read it. We can probably. I don't uh, think so. Uh, five? Five times three? Fifteen? Hey, you know what? I don't even know if there's five decent restaurants to go <laughs> over that. But um, this is not Florida with a huge dining experience. Um, okay. Number four, for gastronomic delights, pick your top five restaurants and top five uh, fast food service in both Disneyland so and DCA. Uh, chicken nuggets are not food, and neither is a turkey leg. What would you consider each signature dish? And do not miss, and do not miss this per location. Which places would you avoid if you could? Such as Rancho del Zocalo. I know you guys like it, but being from Arizona, I know good Mexican food and Zocalo <laughs> is the best. Correct. Uh, you might be getting more Tex-Mex over there, but. Portion size information would also be a good fill-in as well. Why should a person eat at each of these restaurants, and what should you expect as a price? Well, See, the last, the last question's easy. What you should expect as a price is friggin' expensive. Lots. Yeah, lots of money. <laughs> if you have to ask, well, you can't I don't afford. know freaking, but count on the fact that you're at Disney, you're on vacation, nothing is – you're not going to eat for less than $10 a meal, I don't think, even at a at a counter service. By the time you get a drink and whatever, you're going to be around 10 bucks a person at least, I think, to be fair, wouldn't you say? Yeah, at least. Yeah. On a at, fast at food. Least, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. Yeah, I'm not uh, a fan of Zocalo myself, especially since they changed the menu – well, the when menu's it, getting worse. When it was the, th- it actually had barbecue. It was it, it had was the different yeah. types of stuff. Well, it uh, took it took over for Big Thunder, right? Huh? The well, Thunder barbecue, yeah, yeah, yeah it took well, over. Yeah, sort of, kind of. It, but you had the different stations. You could get Mexican, you could get barbecue, you could get whatever. Yeah. I t- tend to go over there for the chicken salads. They're not bad. They've got the you know the cinnamon twisty chip things that aren't too bad. Um, I actually think the the other restaurant, the the Frito, um, Zoc, um, Casa the Frito, Casa de Frito was much better years ago, uh, but I think it's got value for portions compared to the rest of the park. But I go there because other people like it more than I like it. I, I mean, it's decent. I like Mexican food, and I've had really good Mexican food and real bad. It's somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's not the worst I've ever had. It's it's not the best I've ever had. But there, for a theme park, you know, there's actually not a whole lot. Uh, to choose from there? No. Well, okay, but see, I'm 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 running down the list of places in my head. Right, I don't like anything in Tomorrowland. Okay, well, uh, yeah. well, all you have is fast food in Tomorrowland. Yeah, it, well, Tomorrowland know, Terrace blows. I've never really liked Tomorrowland Terrace. I've ate there because yeah. of the mere fact that 
you don't have a lot of other choices when you're a kid and you can't afford a lot. They got hamburgers and hot dogs. Okay. Sure. I never thought Disneyland's hamburgers were anything special. Oh, now, horrible. granted, I, I worked at Knott's where we used to have, not anymore. Their food's got really gone downhill. Incredible hamburgers. And McDonald's always, I mean, uh, Knott's, Disneyland's hamburgers always tasted like some freeze-dried, rewarm crap. I never liked them. Okay. But anyway. So, so Village House, no. Village House used to be a top-notch um, counter service. It is garbage today That's as far crap. as I'm concerned. Um, I, I, I never go in there anymore. I, I, I here. absolutely Same don't. here. I avoid it. Um, I, uh, let's see. Big Thunder, new new Celebration Barbecue, can't comment on, although it's freaking expensive, $36. $28.99 for adults, $18.99 for kids, 10 and under. It's horrible. Well, where, did, where did you see 36 compared uh, to Richard? Al, uh, you know. Al Pets. Yeah, yeah. He reported it as $36 for a grown-up. Um, let's see. Go down to Zoko. Maybe when, you add the drink, when you add the drink to it, maybe that's what or it is. Or tax and tip. Tax and tip, yeah. Because well, added. In California, you know, gratuities added. Gratuities Isn't it added. a... I'll have to go check the place. It's an all you can eat. It's all you can eat. Yeah, let's all not right. get into it. Uh, stage door, huh? Eh. Uh, it's eh, yeah. Yeah, uh, inside the uh, Golden Horseshoe, eh. Uh, but, you know, it, it, they sell chicken fingers, and well, he doesn't count yeah. nuggets and fingers as food, uh, but, um, you know, it'll fill the stomach, and it's eh, like you say, I'm there. I don't always eat at the park because I don't here. have to. Yeah. But if I'm with friends, uh, there are some places to go. Or visiting from out of town, yeah. Yeah, you go either for... It's somewhat quiet, and the inside of the Golden Horseshoe can be quiet. If a show's not going on, you can sit up in Walt's old box. You can just kind of veg in there. It's a good snack great, place. Um, great, yeah, snack place. River Bell. I haven't eaten River Bell in the power of years. Uh, they used River to have Bell's a decent good. breakfast. I would say River Bell's a recommend, uh, should eat at. They've got a variety of new things on the menu. Uh, I won't say it's a must, must not pass. But the Bingo Barbecue, on the other hand, though it's finger food, you know, shish kebabs and tasty. stuff like that. Pretty tasty stuff. That's an absolute. I would try, even if it's just a snack. You got to eat there, um, hands down. I don't. I haven't met anybody. What that it replaced? Like it, it did a good job. It replaced that song kissed place that was there. It did a. Yeah, I, you know what? It, it, the other place is so insignificant. I can't remember it anymore because Bingo Barbecue is that good. All right, uh, go on. Continue. Cafe Orleans, I I think's uh, fairly decent, and you can look. I haven't eaten at the new Cafe Orleans. Have you eaten at the new one? That's table service. You're talking about French. Uh, I must. Be, I must be talking about French Market. You're talking about French Market over by the train station. Yeah, yeah, French Market. Sorry, French Market buffeteria style. Um, very good portions, I think, at that yeah. restaurant. Uh, chicken's good. Mashed potatoes are good. They've got a decent salad. Um, you can refill your drinks there. It's kind of a little hidden secret that not everybody knows. You can go back to the uh, <laughs> and you can lump in. And you can lump in uh, Plaza in with that same. Because they're almost identical uh, yep, food. Yeah. And it's not something Disney advertises, unlike Disney World, where they, you know, seems to be everybody carries their little mugs around everywhere. Um, now, ca- uh, back to the one you passed up, the Cafe Orleans. In the past, before it went counter service, not that crazy about it. I could care less about a Monte Cristo. Sounds like a, you know, a deep fried heart attack just waiting to happen, but I know a lot of people like it. Uh, Blue Bayou absolutely must have a meal. <coughs> It's expensive, and you, it's going to be expensive. hard for some people to get around that. I've actually had one of the best prime ribs I've ever had there, Food one of the best good. filet mignons, good. but then I've also had the worst filet mignon I've had on Disney property there at one time. So I really think 
But Bayou, Bayou is more about the environment. Well, it is, but what I found, instead of picking, saying, give me a filet mignon this way, the way I'm used to having it, I tell them this is the way I like to have it and let them tell their cooks what that means in their restaurant. I found that worked much better at that particular restaurant than in most of the other ones I visit outside the Disney Park. For some reason, my normal, you know, give it to me medium uh, was like a piece of charcoal. (laughs) <laughs> where when I told them I liked it a little pink inside, it came back perfect. So uh, if you can get into the Club 33, absolute must-do try. If anybody can ever get you in there, uh, well worth doing. 80 bucks a head. Just keep yeah. that in mind. 80 uh-huh. bucks a head for a... Again, it's the experience. For a buffet. Uh, not necessarily. I've eaten dinner well, there. Dinner, you know? yes, but lunchtime is a buffet. Lunchtime is a buffet. Unless you go in a big crowd, then they make you... Uh, you know, for fast food, hungry bear is acceptable, it's, ah, and it's not outstanding, but it's ex- again you got to look I've at what's, the, what's I was acceptable. Say, I always like the burgers there. Disneyland does not know how to make hamburgers. No, they don't. Okay, but out of okay, say out of Tomorrowland Terrace, Village House, Hungry Bear, because uh, those are all the same kind of concept places, right? Those are the burger joints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hungry Bear is the best, but that's still not saying much. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Now, uh, let's not forget Main Street. Main you Street, got the Carnation, the Carnation place. Well worth eating. Good breakfast. Breakfast uh, is highly recommended. Their lunch menu, very limited, bad. though. It's ah, limited, but limited. it's not bad. Food's good in that location, I think, overall. Uh, it's hard to get into, though. It's small. There's always a line, wait. yeah. Um, and that's about it. Disneyland. Well, there's yeah, there's little there's you know the, there's the corn dog cart which our friend AJ from uh, Australia he made it his loved. own. He's made it his own. <laughs> He's, he, he owns that now, <laughs> and, and you can go up into uh, Toontown and they also. Oh, that's right. There's all those little ice cream. Yeah. There's an ice cream they're place not, back there. They're not always open. I think it's depending on crowd. I haven't really figured that. There's a hot dog good. place up there, right? There's, yeah, I think the hot dog or corn dog, but again, not highly recommended. It's a theme park and it's fast food. I mean, come on, it's uh, really if you want decent meals, you go to the Plaza Inn or the French Market. Uh, there are other good places you can snack and eat. Again, uh, 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 Riverbell Terrace and Bingo Barbecue are decent places. We that's where we typically find it. If we decide to eat in the park, it'll be Plaza Inn or French Market, unless yeah. we're scheduling a special event and we go to Bayou. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much us, too. Yeah, it, it's got to be a special event, or we just feel like we haven't spent any money anywhere else. We might as well spend it at the Bayou. Uh, <laughs> Help you know, the so, economy, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you go over to DCA, again, not a, a plethora of things uh, to choose from. And it's shell been, of its former self. Yeah, it's been decimated in a lot of ways. Uh, my my wife likes the Italian restaurant. Never uh, eaten there. You know what? You could kill somebody with their breadsticks. They are that hard and cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Hit somebody over the head with them. You might even be able to impale somebody with one. Sharpen it on the ground. Make it 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 a shiv. The absolute worst (laughs) breadsticks I've had in my life. The rest of their food is not bad. Now, I've never eaten at the one upstairs, which was the more expensive. I understand it's closed now. Um, You have the award wieners. As far as fast food goes... I would pick award wieners no, or taste, test, pie, taste pie that's grilled. But, you know, it depends if you want a wiener or you want a burger. Uh, I don't and eat burgers. Bur- it's known. You know, it's known. We, I've made no secret about it. Just get the chili fries at Taste Pilot's Grill. It's a big load, yeah. 
But I, you know, I also don't try to walk behind you when you've had those hey, chili fries. I don't have problems. <laughs> Doesn't mix well with the Hungarian. I mean, seriously, I mean, it's like six bucks. Six bucks, five eighty nine or something like that. Compared yeah, to your hamburger, that's those $9. are the two fast food places I would eat. Though I, I've had the chili dogs over at the Ward Wieners, pretty tasty. Uh, the problem is there. There was never much places uh, to sit, but they have recently taken back some They've, something from the queue of the non attended Muppet uh, horrible show. Uh, so they've taken some of that queue back because nobody's ever in line for it and made that into seating. I see. That. Uh, short of that, you're right. Taste Pilot's Grills somewhat tasty, but now, well, you know what? That the Mexican restaurant's not bad. Again, our buddy here from Arizona with his Tex-Mex might not care for it. But I, I think prefer it, the sandwich place at the wharf over the Mexican food. Sandwich place you know, where they have the bowls? Yes. Uh, I, Actually, you know, I've never bowl of eaten in there. Good. Yeah, the soup bowl looks really tasty. I've, I've, not, I've always wanted to eat at the Chinese restaurant. That's never I'm, open. I've never seen it's it. Never I, mean, I mean, absolutely never seen that place open. Uh, and I wouldn't. Open. I wouldn't eat it to McDonald's. When they used to have that McDonald's over in DCA, it's like, are we kidding? Hey, that, that pizza place. Person? The pizza place down there next to the McDonald's. Pizza Umau. Pizza Umau. Their pizza's okay, but they have they have a, a pasta dish that's <laughs> hmm, nearly identical to the pasta you can get at uh, Plaza Inn. Red Rock. Well, it's it's. Oh, uh, oh, oh forgot about Red Rockets. <laughs> Red, Red Rockets. I'm sorry. Red Rockets is a step below drive-in pizza. I do not like <laughs> food over there. I didn't know there was a. I didn't know there's a ranking below drive-in pizza. I mean, drive-in <laughs> drive pizza has its place in history no. in your, your oh young life. Gosh. But I'm sorry, I, uh, I have to disagree. It's not that bad. Richard, oh, holy eat, cow! Richard, you'll eat pizza warm, cold, off the floor, out of the trash. You like pizza so much because you believe it's got every food group in it. You hey, don't care what. A proper pizza does contain all four food groups. That's right. Yeah, you have no vegetables, they have, they have a. I like the chicken fusilli pasta that they have over there. Is That's really a pizza umama or is that Red Rockets? Because I know uh, have, it's actually at both now. Yes, yes. They're, See, they're identical, I think. You, you have been at that park just too long. You cannot even discern good food from crap anymore. It's. Uh, it's scary. Uh, right, there's the Corn Dog Castle, which is uh, Corn Dog. Yes. Uh, what else? Um, that's that's about. I mean, there's little places here and there, but oh, I, there's that there's that uh, place. Oh, there's oh. Ariel's, but I've never uh, eaten there. I've heard really bad things about it. Anything about this. <laughs> that? That was the old. Uh, um, that was the old Wolfgang Puck, Wolfgang and Puck. it's it's an okay. It's a character. It's well, I'm telling you, now. Lou from uh, Beyond Main Street absolutely hated that place. I've heard him talk about it over and over, and it's just I, I don't. What was his no, problem with it? Uh, the whole experience, the food. I think he just did not like it. Uh, you'd have to ask him. Per- I just remember him saying how bad it was, and you know, of course, instantly I back up a little bit because I want to defend my my home parks. But I haven't eaten there. I have no interest to eat it there because it's kind of a character experience around Ariel. Uh, my wife's eaten there. She didn't think it was that bad. Uh, but we didn't really get into the details of it. Uh, it was one of these days, I'll have to have her on the podcast and explain herself on some of these things. Ah. But uh, uh, other than that, I, I actually, if we eat at Disney and we, you know, do make a point of eating the storytellers quite a bit. We used to eat there fairly regular, like 
I like it. It's a little expensive. Their burgers are thick and juicy, very good. Their bread is fresh and almost to die for. Their breakfast is a buffet. It's they used very to good. have a they used to have a dinner buffet that had prime rib on it. Ooh. Um, I think their breakfast buffet is overpriced, but you know, if, you know, you would think by looking at me, I'm not a huge guy, but I got a bit of a gut. I can only go for maybe one and one and a half trips through the buffet. I can't really get my money's worth out of the buffet sometimes. Hey, just but because I'm, you can pack it away doesn't mean you're a heavy guy. That's true. That's right. I mean, look, at AJ <laughs> can pack it away. But, you know, we also know our friend Don who can pack it away and looks like he can pack it away. <laughs> uh, I mean, he'll he'll eat me under the table at any buffet in uh, Vegas. Uh, what would you just say? Was that about eat what? Eat you under the table. <laughs> uh, but it's scary. I, I just, th- that was always my thing about using buffets for my sit downs in Florida because I felt like I wasn't getting my money's worth because I don't go back a hundred times. But then when I've compared it to some of the restaurants that just give you an obscene amount of food and I don't eat it all and I'm wasting. I think starting to think that maybe has the a place, right? It has a place because I don't waste because I don't take what I don't need. Well, that's one thing I will say about uh, the Disney restaurants. When you're eating something besides just fast food, if you're going for an actual restaurant, like the pasta dishes, I would recommend just get the one dish for two people because I, there, there's always so much in there that I always feel like I'm wasting food. And I can See, always go back. Never, uh, I'm not you, so sure about I, that. I, yeah, I don't, you've been saying that for years, Richard, and you said that about going to Florida. And I've been to Florida many times now. I... What I think that when they give you too much food is on a dining plan because they give you dessert, they give you this, they give you that. Way too – because I wouldn't buy those things if I was just buying myself. I've never had just one entree be too much for me. Karen has never had one entree just be too much for her. It's all the other crap on the dining plan. Appetizer, dessert. Exactly. Be it as it may, I've And I know you, Richard. I've never seen you push back a plate. Come on. Okay. Let's, let's All right. Be can, we, can we uh, can we, can we kind of start wrapping up because you know we're uh, 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 yes we're we can rolling cover this last one really quick. Sure, uh, sure we will. Sure. Because you, you know worst case break it in half, make it two shows. Uh, I don't want to be up till freaking midnight two in the morning. Well, do it tomorrow. <laughs> don't do it tonight. All no, right, no. I, I meant talking to you till midnight or two in the morning. Set up. <laughs> lastly, <laughs> Greg, especially for you. With the proliferation of the me generation and the lack of respect for others, what new rules could Disney establish to make the park a better place? Or what I might say is put back the old rules in place. This would be such a um, this could be such as banning people without a note, handicap license plate, or placard from gaining access to either DVCs or wheelchair. Making people who have a big bigger group than four put one member in line while the others wait at the exit. This way, you would not have the twenty five. Uh, People for one in a wheelchair that happens to be older than dirt or is a kid who limps onto the ride with an injured left foot and off with an injured right foot. (laughs) Uh, What would be done when a person in a wheelchair is seen out of it and another in the chair to facilitate the front of the line cut? Can you guess that this pisses me off, especially with my medical background and knowledge of energies? I can, or uh, sorry, <laughs> injuries. I can smell a faker and see them all the time there, and it makes me so mad. I want to push them into the rivers, rivers of America with concrete bracelets. Okay, I'm out of here. Easy trainer from the DPN. You know, it's a funny thing. I rolled up to my donut shop, and I, you know, I already got issues with my donut shop because sometimes I can pull up and I see some guy. Mixing all the crap in his coffee. I get in there 
I order my donut and Coke. Still having that power breakfast, huh? Still having that power breakfast. I'm trying to get my straw, but the guy's hogging the counter to put all the crap in his coffee. I leave, and he's still working on his coffee. What the frack is so hard to get a cup of Joe, put some sugar and milk in it, and walk away. I kind of blame it at the donut shop for putting it all right there to counter. There is a secondary location, but no one ever goes uses it because it's next to the trash can on the way out. But, you know, that's an operational issue. I saw as I'm pulling up the other day and I'm about ready to walk in, a guy pulls into the handicap spot, leaves it running, walks up to the door. So it's like him or me who's Aww. going in first. And I said, hmm, handicapped, huh? huh? <laughs> I, I usually don't say things. I eyeball people, but I just couldn't take I'm like, oh, you look really handicapped. And just opened, <laughs> opened the door and walked in front of him. Oh, my gosh. What did he say? Didn't say a word. <laughs> he, he knew I had him dead to rights, but what can I do? He wouldn't be there long enough to call a cop. Let him uh, go, and then you, you turn know? around and jump in his car that's still running, and you drive it on the other side of the parking lot. I believe that would be considered Grand Theft Auto. Ah, uh, you'd have to prove that you took it, right? You know what? <laughs> I, I got the satisfaction of the calling the guy out. Um, but back to the question, Disney could implement some of the things that they used to uh, uh, do. One... One of my biggest pisses off that I have is Indiana Jones, a queue designed for wheelchairs, but because of fracking fast pass, they no longer put the wheelchairs through the attraction. They put them in the back door. That fracking pisses me off. You know, for one, you don't get to enjoy the queue, they, which was are, designed for okay. your enjoyment. Are they afraid? Is that is that where... Are they afraid of some sort of lawsuit? You might ask Richard, but I think they have no cojones, and they've just given up the fight. But seriously, I mean, what can they be? I mean, because some guy tried to sue them for not letting him use a Segway, right? Yes. Okay, so if someone if if someone is denied the chance to cut in the line from the wheelchair, can they sue? Can they say, hey, you're not treating me right? The American with Disabilities Act only requires equal access. Okay, equal access doesn't mean special access. So you could, in my opinion, I'm not a lawyer, but in my opinion, you could make someone in a wheelchair. For instance, let's take pirates. Sometimes I've seen the line to the back door oh, longer. Oh, yeah. line. Okay, you can't hardly get into some of the the shops there. So let's take that for example. Because remember, I've got that big old story with a guy ran over my toe with an ECB. Yes exclaiming how he was entitled to more than I was because he was, you know, well, we won't go into that. Maybe we should replay that sometimes. That was a funny show. Um, Let them wait at the dock. And when the rest of the group comes, you say, hey, that's my gimp over there. I'm with him. And (laughs) now they can put them together. Excuse me for the gimp. Because they want the wheelchair or the other access device on the exit side. Of the attraction, in, right? In most cases, yes. Because it would be a pain um, in the ass to sit in the line, get in the ride vehicle, and then... Have to take it across. Or uh, or go out the inn. Go back out the way you came, right? Yes. Yes. It, w- it would be a pain. But, you know, over the time, different attractions have had different ways of dealing with this because they weren't originally designed for that. So they've all found their, their ways ins and out. Uh, looking at Indy and looking at uh, Pirates, and the mansion has become, I almost jump up and celebrate 
and dance a jig if I get off that attraction and it's never stopped once. Yeah, to slow down to let someone in. It is rare that that attraction does not stop for a wheelchair. And is do we have a proliferation of gimps and injured people now no. that we didn't have before? Or do we just bend over backwards more uh, to allow every person with a twitch to, you know, get an ECB I, or a wheelchair or whatever? Now, granted, I, I say it's probably a little need, bit of that. I was in the I was in the store, the Stater Brothers the other day, and I see this lady in a Stater Brothers powered vehicle. That meant she walked to the door and got in it. Yeah, and got it. <laughs> now, she was a little large. Maybe she needed some help. I understand that she might be able to walk from the handicapped spot to the front door, but could not walk for a long period of time. I understand that can happen. All I want is some proof. You come to get your ECV or you bring your – if you bring your own in, not much we can do, right? Correct. But if you want one of Disney's, I want to see the damn placard out of your car. Now, some cars have them on their license plate. But to get it on your license plate, it shows up in your registration. Bring the damn registration with you. I want some proof. And I want security to have the authority and the cojones – to shut down the little punks that ride double and triple in these things. Oh, yeah, take it away. Switch yeah. um, and play all the games they play. Because, you know, we were told we weren't really supposed to bother with it. Because, I, you know, I ask the question sometimes. Look, I've seen a kid in the morning, and in the afternoon it's a different kid. And, and they're really touchy. They don't want the lawsuit. You could find ways of saying things to the kids if you were careful about, you know, be careful. I know what you're up to. And sometimes oh, yeah, we're you, watching. Yeah, you know, yeah. Got to be careful. It's like, you know, when you'd walk up to a shirt that some woman was wearing that has something inappropriate on it. And you've got to <laughs> somehow tell her she can't be that way or the bikini tops. I'm sorry. We don't allow you to hang out your mammary glams, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, as impressive as they might be. Yeah, impressive as they might be, uh, we just don't allow that here. This is a family park, ma'am. However, would you call it mammary clams? Yeah, yeah. I butchered However, that one. However, if, uh, if you have about an hour or so, an hour from now, I can meet you down the road at the. Yeah. I think the, the the hardest the hardest one I had one time was speaking male, of. Male genitalia in bright pink on this T-shirt. <laughs> Even when I had the guy turn it inside out. <laughs> By the way, did you guys get that video yes, I sent you? Yes, yes, that was hilarious yes, to watch. Yes, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I would like Disney just to put back in place their old rules. And what really was, your party waits in line. When they get up here, but see, but see, you're put together. If four are under, fine, take them. But, you know, like you said, you got groups of 20 sometimes coming. Uh, Disney World, I've been bumped. Well, I won't say oh, bumped. Bus. I, I, you miss your I've bus? I've been waiting for oh, the bus. Oh, like that freaking rips my chest. Here comes the ECV who hasn't been standing there, comes up the last minute the front, with like 10 the front. people with them. They kneel the bus down. They, the ECV takes up seats for five people or four people. Yep, yep. And then their freaking entourage takes up, uh Oh, gotta wait for the next one. You know, well, I'm waiting. Like you know, I, there's I, there's I, been so many times when I was I was ready to say it, and Karen's like grabbing my arm, knowing 
you know, she doesn't want to be embarrassed and she don't want us to get down the scene. You know, how about wait your turn with the rest of us? Yeah, there's so, you there's have so a chair already for crying yeah, out loud. Already yeah. I've been standing here for 20 minutes. You can wait a little longer. God bless America. You know, there's so many things where that that's just taken to such extreme and so, so much abuse. You know, I can understand the handicap parking so that you don't have to walk all the way up to the front door or anything. But you have, like, for example, places where you have parking meters. If you're handicapped, you don't have to pay for the parking meter. What does that have to do with anything, you know? Oh, because your life is so tough, you know, an extra dollar an hour is just going to... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's I guess that would be a, be a subject for another show. You know, okay, <laughs> we need to disclaim that we don't want to, you know, detract from anybody who has a real problem. You know, oh, absolutely. We, we just want to we want to clarify that our issue here is with people who don't have a problem who that are abusing, abuse, abuse or gaming the yeah. system. I I qualify in my in my mind. I've lost 25 percent of the mobility in my back. That's what I've been told. Some doctors, because I know people who had the same operation as I did, they have handicap placards. You know what my doctor said to me? He was a sports medicine doctor. Get up, walk. walk. Walking is good for you. <laughs> uh, and then, what was the next thing? Um, Joe Montana had the same operation, and he's still playing football. Um, this was a while ago, as you can tell. Yeah. Some people take advantage of it. My guys, you know, and maybe I might need it two times a year when my back is acting up. 90% of the time, I just don't need it. I've never pushed it. Theoretically, I probably, if I went to the right doctors, could get one. But so far, so good, I don't need it. I just want them to clamp down on the, dare I say, assholes who abuse it. Okay, now, Disneyland's a private property, right? Yes. Can they? No. There's still Americans with Disability Act that they've got to conform to. Okay, but. uh... And there's also California privacy issues, too. Oh, yeah, there's health information, privacy, yeah, yeah. So you know, the if, funny thing, I usually don't care what Europe and the rest of the world think about us, but they laugh at us for these kind of things. For, so, for example, on this one here, a person can go up and say, I'm disabled. Okay, what's your disability? You can't ask me that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a violation of uh, patient privacy, confidence. Privacy, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just... I, um. But see, now t- you tell me, this is like the old question of... Lights and intersections and Big Brother. If you're not doing anything wrong, why should you care? But yet it's an evasion of your so-called privacy. If I wanted an ECV and they asked me, why do you need one? I suffer from, uh, you know, uh, degeneration of the L4 and 5 lumbar, whatever. You know, give them some. And, you know, I would have no problem telling them that. You know, now if I had, you know, well, I've, you know, I've got these sores on my ass. And I'm, you know, <laughs> that might be a little more embarrassing, right? But oh, well, if you've got, got sores you know, on your ass, why are you sitting down in this yeah, hard yeah, did, That might be the next <laughs> question. Well, you, you need, that guy needs the uh, other one, the segue. But, yeah, if I've got the L4-5 back problems, I would have no problem telling some guy. But see, California got, law prevents you from asking that. I know. It's just like interviewing. You can't Actually, ask. Actually, that's a federal interview. statute. You can't ask if you have kids because all this could be used against you in your interview. It's dumb, dumb, dumb kind of stuff, in my opinion. Um, some small case becomes a bigger issue. So I don't know how you really put a handle on it. Society, I don't think Disney can do anything until society has had enough and said, what's that old line from uh, that movie? 
I'm, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take, it, take anymore. it anymore. Exactly. And until society pushes back, nothing's going to happen. It can only get worse because society puts up with it. The more people who like me who will, you know, is this is this okay to say? Call a spade a spade. I mean, um, you know, call a diamond a diamond. If you see somebody abusing it, say something. Because you know why people do it? It's because no one calls them out on it. That's right. Get away with it. I wonder that guy that parked in that handicap zone. Will he do it again? Probably will. But if enough people keep picking on him, sooner or later he's going to say, "I'm tired of hearing this shit." You know, it's like I, I we got this new stupid law as far as I'm concerned about not talking on your phone or handheld. Uh, phone, right? Got to use a hand, hand or hand hands free, yeah, hands free device. My, yeah. I swear, my boss calls me every time I leave work. It's Ten minutes later, he's calling. I don't answer the phone because one, I can't dig it out of my pocket in time. Two, I've got to search for my Bluetooth headset because I don't leave it on all the time. I don't immediately jump in the car and put it on because, quite frankly, I'm driving. I really don't care if I answer the phone or not. And why didn't you answer your phone? I was driving. For one, you're not paying right now. Why would you know? Why are you calling? <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it's uh, people still do that. You look at them funny. Is it you know? Am I that worried? I don't know. Most people are abiding by the law. A lot of people are not. It's the same kind of thing. Well, if people would push back at the ones who are breaking the law, or don't let the guy who trips and falls while he's robbing your house sue you for injury. Yeah, then we'll oh, be having that kind of thing. This right. is going to sound really cold, but this thing they just had in New York, where the guy shot up the uh, the immigration place or whatever. Yeah, Binghamton. Yeah, uh huh. Okay. Why do people take hostages? I don't know. Why, Meet my demands. Why, why do terrorists sometimes hold hostages or do things? It's one a terrorist is to incite terror, but people they want something. They want the attention. They want their fame. Even if they go out with a blaze of glory, they're twisted. Don't deal with it. Walk away. A few people. Hey, you know what? It's going to sound cold. A few people are going to lose their life, right? And that's terrible. But, but then it ultimately becomes, you know, not worth your while to take a hostage because it doesn't get you anything. We keep following the uh, uh, the car chases, right? And California not, not so much anymore. Exactly. And you don't see them as much anymore, no, do they're you? Just news it, items now, yeah. It's rare, but it used to. It used to tie up your TV for. Hours on every major network, freaking car chase, and what's everybody really waiting for? The gunfight at the end, or the cops that get tired of chasing his ass and then run him off the road. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like NASCAR. People don't <laughs> want. What logic is it to watch cars go in circles? They're waiting for the crash. Come on, people don't watch Indy cars to watch them go in circles. They're waiting for the crash. <laughs> yeah, cynical, but you know. No, no, I'm with you. I agree. Very cynical. So I don't know. I don't think Disney can fix this. Richard, what do you think? You're you're still working there. You're probably told back off. Don't don't challenge. Don't make a big deal out of it. <laughs> okay. Whichever one you found that. <laughs> what was that? Richard, I couldn't hear it. What, what was it? I'm mad at hell. And I'm not gonna think oh, anymore. That's, that's from network, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Richard was too busy finding that to listen and answer the question. But right, well, I, no, I'm listening to the question because there's just no answer to it, though. Well, yeah, there is. And Disney tells you not to to go after you. Ignore it. You leave it alone. Yeah. Right? There's, there, you don't have any position to be able to say, you know, you, you don't need this. You can't deserve this, blah, blah, blah. There's just there's nothing to Damn, do on it. I'll tell you. Yeah, here's something that will do it right <laughs> now tomorrow. 
don't rent them anymore. You oh, yeah. Need them, Good idea. Them, bring yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's B- BYOC. Bring your own chair. <laughs> you need one? Bring- you know, you kind of wonder about that sometimes. I've come Let's to see. Disneyland. And well, some people, you know, okay, Disney World, different story, right? Because you got a lot of people come from out of town, and sometimes yeah, they don't, they don't travel. Side. They don't travel with their scooter on an airplane. Aha! Uh-huh. But, but because we had some fun with this is terrible. They they have places that you can rent them from that would bring them to your resort. Yep, yep, right. Yep, and they've got yep. the little advertisements on the back where you can pull cards from. Yep, yep. We we we, we get plenty of those around okay. Disneyland too. We were stuffing our podcast cards. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, rude. so were they unattended ECVs or something? No, no, no. Sometimes they were driving. We we're just you know slowly behind them. Just some. I mean, some of these are pretty elaborate. They got you know hoods over them and and all kinds of things. That's where I got really pissed was Spring Break, two thousand five, in Epcot, and this lady incessantly honking her horn. To get through the crowd, I'm like, I, I'm like, you know, she's gonna run me over. I'm like, you know, do you have more right than I do to get through here? I mean, come on, you know. That, and that, see, that's the problem is they think there's an entitlement and a right, and we have this damn entitlement society. But don't rent them anymore. Let the outside. Yeah, yeah, over bring here. them in. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. That man, I would stop it tomorrow. No more wheelchairs. No more ECVs. And you know, here's you know, another. Actually, there actually was discussion of that at one point. How much but, money can they actually make? I mean, uh, I don't know what the maintenance on those ECVs. You want rent them for fifty bucks a day? Is that what they are? Something like that. I have no idea. I mean, I yeah, don't I think they're. Know. I think they're fifty dollars a day, but you, there's fifty dollar deposit that's returned when you get bring it back. But it's fifty dollars that you're paying. Well, for the most day. part, that's going to keep punk kids from getting that one. But wheelchairs at what ten, fifteen bucks yeah. with the deposit? They probably the never twenty five dollar deposit. Yeah, yeah, that or they're just taking them from other people who leave them at ride exits and things like that. But yeah, I think you just get rid of them, let some entrepreneur take care of the problem outside the park. Disney should be out of that business. Well, actually, it is an entrepreneur that's from outside of the park that runs them. So the ECVs. Yeah, it's actually an outside company that takes care of those. Really, Disney doesn't have those themselves, huh? Yeah, we just give them a. Well, is there any job left at Disney that Disney runs? I mean, next thing you know, cast. I mean, uh, right off. <laughs> uh, don't don't hold your breath there because yeah, yeah really. they'll outsource that like, soon enough. A lot of those guys look like mall cop. I mean, they yeah. really do. The, 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 the Disney security force is a shadow, you know, a mere shadow of its former self. So, all right, all right. Let's, I think let's we've close this off because yeah, how long we've we been talking? Two hours and thirty minutes. All right, that means the guy in Ohio, our buddy who writes. Uh, uh, Disney World, the full edition. Brian will get a good pedaling out of this. Oh, yeah. Go, Brian. Yeah, yeah, all right, go. You're not done yet, Brian. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we should Mouse Fest is coming up at the end of this month. West Fest. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, West Fest. Yeah, there is no Mouse Fest. What's the difference between West Fest and Mouse Fest? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We're still here. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Jeez. <laughs> um, so that comes up uh, April 30th. Is that right? Yeah, that's the uh, first day, right? The first day. Don't forget our Rabble Rouser meet with uh, Aussie John. Make sure you pick up your Soren Fast Pass uh, coming in. No, that's on Friday, not the Friday Thursday. the first, yeah. Um, 
the PodFest West is on the Thursday. You should show up for that also. And then all all day uh, activities on Saturday and Sunday. So make sure you're there for that. Uh, there are some new and exciting things coming up from MiceCast in the next few months. So stay tuned. Listen. Check our new website out. That's right. Uh, don't forget. You know, we got to make Richard a new email, Strokeman. Strokeman. Uh, no, 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 no. Or Poleman. <laughs> Poleman or Strokeman. Poleman. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Uh, so don't worry. Mike will make it work. So if you want to send it to Pullman, it will no. get to. No, 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 uh, no. So Mike, Greg, Richard, Pullman, or Shaft uh, at micecast.com. Uh, anything else, guys? Uh, don't forget, you can leave feedback on iTunes. Yeah, that'd Keep... be good. We, have we had any feedback lately? Uh, I think February. So oh, yeah, not, oh. too, not too far. Not too long hey, ago. Don't, don't be shy to do one again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or go and just comment. You know, this this review is helpful. This review is not helpful. Yeah. Go ahead. And do some <laughs> of the, um, this review is full of crap. You could send. Well, you can't do that. Your choices are no. helpful or not helpful. Um, no. Shows you how in touch Richard continue is. Continue to send the show suggestions. Uh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the show. If you have any more mouse buster stuff. Uh, what's what's the MiceCast tweet? Uh, Twitter. MiceCast? Is it MiceCast? Yes, you can follow us on Twitter. MiceCast. About Plurk? Yeah, my yes, Plurk. Plurk. And Facebook. Wow. We are just, so we are just connected to that. But, you know, 90% of the updates are just me complaining about my day. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. You operate as you and my cast are synonymous. <laughs> yes. That's all right. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I, that, it's, 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 so you changed it from my cast to my cast. No. Let's see. Uh, what else? That's about, uh, that's about it for the social networking. That's about all I can. Uh, all, right. that's all I can think of. And Rich- don't worry about Richard is not socially connected to anything, so you'll be communicating with Mike or I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have all the social graces. That's right. Which doesn't say much, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> so next time you all see right. Shaft in the park, just remember you can also call him Paul Man. Paul Man. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> more you push back, the more it's going to stake. Just like the bat, right? That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, from uh, Greg, uh, Mike, uh, and Pullman, this has been another <laughs> fine edition of MiceCast. Uh, we'll see you next show. Good night. Good night. Good night. Once there was this kid who took a trip to Singapore and brought along his spray paint and when he finally came back he had cane marks all over his bottom he said that it was from when the warden whacked its soul
guy who made his wife so mad one night that she cut off his wiener and when he finally came to he found that Mr. Happy was missing he couldn't quite explain it it had always just been 